1: Good morning. Happy Monday. Thanks for joining me this morning, you guys. Sivan, as you know, is uh, probably on his way home from L.A. as we speak, or getting close to. So I'm uh, running the show today. And I'm going to stay in my lane. We're going uh... <laughs> to... Heidi, good morning. Said he's too hungover for this dude. <laughs> probably. Uh, no. So like he's not going to be rescheduled. I was um, in command of the ship. Yesterday and uh and this morning. So but Sevon will be back tomorrow morning, uh seven a.m. I do believe we're gonna have Tyson Bajent join us as well, too, so we could chat about all that and everything else. Jay, good morning. Morning, Caroline. Cave Jastro, good morning. Judy, what's up, what's up? Yeah, I want to um I want to talk a little bit about the jay Coon thing i have the uh i have the live call in and as always like will it work or will it not work um (laughs) the text message so i've i've got did you guys watch the show uh yesterday's show when um i asked katie henniger and i was like hey katie you know we're not going to keep you for long we were texting back and forth, and obviously she's had a long weekend. She was trying to like find a warm spot and uh was you know had been out in the rain all day dealing with everything at the event. And then I opened with like, was Roman allowed to bring his translator out, out on the field? <laughs> and I'll have to tell you guys too, the like the perspective from being like co-hosting and like chilling and letting Sevon just like run the show. Like the amount of confidence I get from that. I'm like, I, I leave the show. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like I could really do this. And the second he's gone and it's just like, you're the only one standing up there, like staring at yourself in the screen. You're like, Oh, this is much, much harder being the one driving the, driving the show <laughs> rather than just sitting passenger. But uh, yeah, that was, that was hilarious. I think that one will probably trump the uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter running away from me. I am striking out every time as I uh, step up and and try something uh, new there. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyhow, Devon was uh, texting me about that. I just thought it was pretty funny. In the group chat that we have with everybody else, too, um, they were already giving me shit for it, whatever. You do act a little different, but you're doing good, Sousa. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Sevon's the one driving it. So it's like it's a. Uh, it's easy to sit passenger side and, and build your uh and build your confidence up. Um Will always oh, coming to help me out a little bit here. What you did was not even close to as bad as Jong Young versus Jay. <laughs> Well, I was I was messing around and I, with uh the you know the group that we had on and stuff, and I was telling him. I'm like, yeah, at some point, every time Katie comes in, she's just like slapping people around. Like everybody got it in the chat at least once, right? Where she like, you know, called somebody out on whatever they did. And all of a sudden you see their face turn red and they like start to like shrink down super small. (laughs) And that's like exactly how I felt like the perspective that I had when she like did that to Taylor and she did that to John Young, like sitting there watching I'm like, yeah, give it to him, Katie. That's hilarious. And then when it happened to me, um, not, not, not so much. When the shoe's on the other foot, um, can I get one of you guys, please, to call in, and we'll start we'll start chatting a little bit about um HQ and uh, Jada Coons and some perspective on that. Um, okay, so it is connected now. If one of you guys, oh, put up the call on a uh, number, dummy, that would probably help. Um, if one of you guys could call in and just test it real quick, that would be awesome. Yes, hot hot chocolate with uh, marshmallows. I'm the I'm the kind of guy that uh, drinks hot chocolate with marshmallows when it's cold. No, it's um, it's coffee. Paper Street, of course. The only thing we know. Oh, fantastic! Somebody's calling already. This is great. Give me one second, caller. Let me see if I could. Oh no! Now more people are calling. Hold on. Um. um and accept change this oh my goodness there's so many people calling now okay hold on hello caller oh my lanta testing no. it is working wait can you speak again for me please
2: hello Susan, you just hang up on me
1: no i didn't um i don't know what's happening Did when you I... just hang up on me do you know who you're talking to Susan? <laughs> no but that accent gets me uh gets me going i'll tell you how you, you that. doing pal i'm doing great how you doing?
2: I figured I'd call you and make sure this thing's working. Oh,
1: I love it. So thank you so much. Sorry if I did hang up on you. There was a bunch of people that, um, like I'll call that one time. So thank you so much for testing that out. But, uh, I was trying to manage it there. So how are you doing this morning?
2: Beautiful man. It's relaxing, you know, hey. listening to you over here, got a day off. Oh, it easy.
1: nice. Couple
2: things. Let yes. me throw a couple, couple things out there. Please vindicate amazing apparel, good stuff. The t-shirts, Top of the line. Beautiful. Great. Paper Street Coffee. What a guy, huh? Gabe. Gabe.
1: He's the man, bro. Travis in game. This Gabe. guy picks up
2: the phone. He calls me and lets me know, hey, I got you covered. This thing's a little late, but I'm going to send this stuff out to you. He's trying to offer me extra stuff and everything. I'm like, listen, you're ready to give me a discount. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's telling me everything. I'm going to send you some stuff. I'm going to do this, do that. What a guy. One-on-one conversation on the phone. Good
1: stuff hey yeah good dude all of them take care of us and they take care of everybody inside of our community here it's amazing
2: beautiful beautiful good stuff susan
1: Don't awesome crush it, man thank you i appreciate you have a great day huh thank you for testing it you too see you bye okay all right so yeah if you guys um I get a lot of questions uh and uh and the dms about you know different stuff for affiliates are like hey I'm a new coach or I'm thinking about opening up a gym or what do you think about this? or What do you think about that? And so I put it on Instagram Um, and I was hoping that a few people that I had asked that would call in because I think a lot of the questions that are asked actually are continuous almost. Like somebody will ask like, hey, I belong to my gym. I coached there for a really long time and I'm having this conflict with the owners. Like there's some conflict going on. And so it's always good just to kind of like call in and get these out in front of a bunch of people because I feel like if you, one person has a question, there's probably a bunch more that, that have the same question or something similar to, Or if you just want to call and give your uh, perspective. Okay, so we're going to get into the Jada Coons hire. The Jada Coons hire. I'm going to bring up... You all know I'm fancy because I got LinkedIn, huh? You didn't know about that. So this gentleman here and is now vice president at CrossFit. And I think it's like head of affiliates. The, the titles are kind of weird, right? It seems like the titles are always shifting a little bit and i don't necessarily mean that in like a terrible way as they try to like figure out organization but it is a little weird it's like vice president or is he head of affiliates or or what jeff jeff you're here i thought i thought you weren't coming till uh stefano's back it's an awful presentation here we go got another caller here Caller, good morning you're live on the show
3: what's happening what's going on
1: who is this? Is this the one and only Blade here? You feel me? Yeah.
3: got i to get this call in early because I got the morning cracking with the girls. But uh, I've been meaning to say this for a minute. Yep. Is that with the nominator. Now, I've, I haven't ran an affiliate, but I worked as a coach in one for a while and worked in a few, one that doesn't run anymore because it lacked this. And then another one that's still kicking because it thrived in this. And it's like you gotta you gotta love people or learn to love people mm. and interacting with them. Because and that goes for almost anything. Like even with what I do, people ask me advice and I go, if you're if you watch Bad Boys 2 and that's what inspired you, <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> you need you need to love people and learn to love people because 98% of almost anything you do, that's going to be the nucleus of it. And the most of it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, everything else grows from there. Mm. And so that, that, that would be from, from a former CrossFit coach who's been in multiple cultures. Yep. That'd be, that'd be something that I see, um, in the thriving gyms is, the environment and loving the people as we always say the community and then the ones that kind of look at it as more of numbers and strategy and all that like you could just enter a data point mm-hmm. yeah it, it looks cool but that in itself isn't really sustainable you know what i mean so i think that's what kind of rouses, at least with me when uh with the new hire and talking about how he's gonna do and if he could I get I, I give everybody a chance yeah you know i mean i yep. got people with full, full-blown swastika tattoos on their face shake my hands so i'll give anybody <laughs> a chance wow
1: wow <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah. yeah you're open so
3: anybody anybody could get a chance yep but but um I, I could see i could see the scare part because it may seem a little robotic at first but who knows maybe he'll his cheeks won't be so tight he'll loosen up a little bit and make this thing happen
1: Hey, let me ask you a question. With your perspective, uh, you know, as a law enforcement officer, how important is communication in your job?
3: I tell you what, it's a, it's a difference between somebody. Pretty a lot of times, it's a difference between somebody damn near handcuffing themselves and sitting in the back of your car versus you having a tears or possibly getting a lethal force to counter.
1: Yeah, so it's because, it's fucking you know, big, right? It's the difference of it being a nice and easy situation or escalating to who knows where.
3: Yeah, or, or even if it's not somebody from the quote-unquote other team, just within mm. your own team, mm. all y'all being on the same page because then somebody thinks that somebody's doing something, somebody else thinks that, oh, he was going to do it, and then before you know it, there's three assignments that he didn't get done, but then one assignment got done
1: four times. Mm. And what do you think so about like – yeah, the communication piece of yeah. it, right at the right at the get-go, right? So if, if um, let's say you're conducting a stop, right? Pull me over and I'm like, you know, hey, what the fuck you stopped me for, man? This is a waste of my time. You guys are out here sitting sitting on this uh, street corner here and this is a trap. Right. Right? Yeah,
3: right there. It, it, it's a flow chart, you know what I mean? Every It's a big-ass flow chart. Yeah,
1: that's so right.
3: So just imagine it like you're in one of those interactive games. Right there, you have to just say, okay, am I going to respond with this? Negative energy with more of it, or am I just going to kind of diffuse it? Mm. You know, am I going to fight? Okay, fight fire with we'll fire. Now we just got kind of a big ass fire. That's, <laughs> sometimes that's right. you sometimes you
1: don't want to be the fire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so I'm um, in so, the and the reason why I kind of it I I did I kind of front loaded that question a little bit because I think that's the biggest missing link with what CrossFit HQ is doing right now. Like they they mm. they got pulled over by the community so to speak and and bear with me on this analogy in the way that um jada coon was was presented to the community in my opinion was the equivalent of the guy why the fuck you pull me over you're just sitting here at this corner anyways this is a trap Right. right like it could have been handled Differently from the start, in terms of communication to the affiliates, in terms of communication to the fit, to the um, to the CrossFit community, and in terms of communication internally within the uh, office place. Now, obviously, we don't know the internal on the office place because I don't have access to that. But judging by how it rolled out for every other piece, I'm guessing it probably wasn't the best uh, first introduction.
3: Right, and now we're dealing with a okay. Now what? And so the, the right. cool part. And- the cool part is we we can take a few nasal breaths, just take three. That's what I tell my daughters to do whenever shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> Stop time. Take three big slow nasal breaths. And now what? Okay. We 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 cried, repeated, we got kissing our Cheerios. Yep. Now what we're gonna do, we're gonna go cry in the car, we're gonna make shit
4: happen.
1: Mm. We
3: we are on the same fucking team. That's you
1: right. Know what I mean? That's right. Same yeah.
3: because you know, you know who wants us to take a l Fucking like an f-45 and orange dagger you know <laughs> that's what I mean? right they, they sit behind they said they sitting behind a tree rubbing their hands together right now
1: that's a hundred percent so we,
3: we we're gonna let them win or we're gonna okay we're on the same team for for a moment who's more right doesn't matter let's find what we agree on and build from there you know just just to realize okay we, we we're on the same squad and we may, we may not have the same methods to get to the goal we want to, but we do have the same goal,
1: hopefully. Yeah, great advice. Hey, dude, we need to get you uh, scheduled back on the show. I'm going to reach back out, and I know Sevan's got a bunch of uh, content here. He probably wants you to thumb through with him uh, in the future. So. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: He, oh, yeah. He he loved he love sending them certain videos my way. I look forward to it, but <laughs> y'all, y'all, been, y'all been on fire. So it'll happen when it happens. And uh, I'll
1: be ready. Awesome. All right. Thanks for the call, Blade. Appreciate it. We'll be seeing you soon. All right. I love, man. Yes, sir. Bye. Yeah, that's a great point Um, about the communication piece. I hope that analogy kind of made sense. Uh, Sleeky had a good thing. Sleeky, why'd they wait so long to announce his hire? He was brought on the week before the HQ Summit in Boulder. Yes, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Because when there's little things like that, it starts to break down trust and how like how many things like that could occur before people just are like, okay, this is just total bullshit. Right. And we could start with the very first one, which is Rosa himself. You know, you remember he had the fucking black and white photo. It was all cinematic. He was going to come in as a savior. And I, I, you know, I don't have the quote on me right now, but I'm pretty sure he said something to the effect of like, Hey, I bought this thing. I'm gonna be in this position for the next 50 years if life allows. And I'm gonna ride off into the sunset. We're gonna build CrossFit into this thing that is just gonna, you know, take over the world. And everybody was rallied up behind it. Everybody, I think at this point, was just looking for some sort of stability, most importantly, within CrossFit, because of the attacks on Greg, the, the community kind of eating each other um, and cannibalizing ourselves versus, you know, the I'm out crowd versus the I'm not. Um, and so we all bought it. And then as time went on, it started to seem a little fishy. Like, huh, is this dude really in charge? Like, is Rosa the right guy for this? And then all the bullshit came out like, oh, the board put him as like chairman and they've escalated his, you know, position. And, and it was just more bullshit because then at that point, you knew once he had fired Dave that it didn't settle well with the community at large. And then they had to bring him back in and Rosa had to pretend that he wasn't like fired, but yet moved to this position. And now where is he at? What happens? We don't know. he's gone. and so more and more time as that bullshit is being fed, it's harder and harder to uh, to believe him. will Brand Center also if they waited so long to announce it, how did he not have his um how did he not have his L1 done so they could announce it without having him to say and getting his L1 in a month? Fucking exactly, dude. and here's the reason why. They don't value it in terms of the position they hired him for. I'm open to being wrong, but I don't think that the board thought it was as important as it actually was for the community, that the guy that's freaking in charge of the affiliates, like that little Hiller thing, the guy that's freaking in charge of the affiliates, it had, needed to have his L1. They're probably, and this is, again, why I was making the speculation that he was not hired by, um, by Jada De- Coons was not hired by Don Fall. I think that in the little bit of time that Don has been around, I, I, assuming he's starting to understand the nuances of um, how this community works a little bit, and if that were the case, I think he would have uh, agreed that he probably should have got the L1 prior to announcing anything. I, it should just be prere- prerequisite, right? Like, you can't own an affiliate unless you have an L1 but you could be in charge of all the affiliates if you don't have an L1. Like y'all played yourselves, bro. Not good. Not good. Dude doesn't need the L1 for what? Here's the thing, Jeff. I uh, in terms of the position that he's in, you're actually you're probably right. You're probably right, but in terms of the knowledge that he needs to have about what it is that he's growing and the leads that he's bringing in, in the understanding what the methodology is, he fuck he a hundred percent needs it, dude. He a hundred percent needs it. And I know he's not. I know. I know. I know he's not uh, coaching squads. I know he's not walking into affiliates and like checking out people's mechanics and stuff like that. I get that, but you have to understand that if he hasn't at least read the playbook, the manual. The L1, then does he even know at that point what he's protecting or what he's selling or what he's growing? That's the question I have for you, right? So, sure, you could make the statement like, dude, he's not in their coaching classes. Well, he fucking should be, in my opinion. And if you see some of these businesses like, um, fuck, I don't want to use like any of the franchises, but it's hard to come up with one on the spot without a franchise. But like, so ch- take Chick fil A, for instance, right? If you are going to own a Chick-fil-A uh, franchise and you start at every position in the business that you own, your knowledge and perspective of what everybody else is doing is going to be tenfold than if you just came in from the top position and said, well, I don't have to understand what the what the cooks go through. Well, I don't have to understand what the cashier goes through. Well, I don't understand have, have to understand what the drive-thru person goes through. Yes, you do. Because if you're going to manage that business and you're going to make sure that things are running smoothly, you need to have perspective on those jobs. Otherwise, like, h- how would you how would you truly understand it? Um, in each in each level, um, let's see here. But how do you guys feel about it in general? Do you do you think so? Caller, caller. Hello, welcome. You're live on the show.
0: Hey, man, uh, let me put it this way. Jeff's kind of right. Does he need the L1? No, but Mm. the video that came out at his uh, South by Southwest conference explaining that CrossFit is dangerous. He doesn't understand how people can just open an affiliate without the proper training. Now, if CrossFit, see, they dropped the ball there. They let that get out, hired the guy, didn't have anything ready. The backlash came out. They had to put something out. So Jay's now saying, I have been training. I understand that it's not that way. They should have had like a little segment of him at his gym doing CrossFit and understanding that the, the ball was dropped. Unfortunately, it's too little too late for the people who understand mm. that we needed to see that. They they put that statement out because of the backlash, not because of that's what CrossFit
1: wanted to do. You right, know what I'm talking about. So you're basically saying they were reactive; they weren't proactive on it at all.
0: Oh, for sure. Because I find it hard to believe that they hired this guy with that video out. We're not idiots. People who coach and who are affiliate owners, they could they know right away because that's what we get all the time as coaches and affiliate owners: is CrossFit's dangerous. We're the ones that. Convince people that it's not dangerous. Talking about runners, how they have more injuries. Mm. Other sports have more injuries. Catastrophic Pickleball. Injuries. Pickleball. Pickleball, yeah. The <laughs> rates of increase of hospital visits <laughs> hospital to pickleball are crazy. Yeah. So that's what yep. I'm saying. Like, yeah. CrossFit could have done a much better job at that, and they didn't. And we kind of were seeing through like the little uh, uh, story that they're trying to push that he understands now. I don't buy it. I'll give him a chance, just like uh, Chase said.
1: And, yep. and, you know, Taylor yep. kind
0: of agreed. Yeah, I'll give them a chance. But they got to be real careful of how they present it.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's a, a great perspective. So basically, you're just saying, hey, dude, everybody was just super reactive to what happened because he got hired. And like Sleeky said, why didn't they announce it earlier when they were at the summit? That could have been a great opportunity, too. And they probably knew that it, it wasn't going to settle well. And then information potentially was going to leak. Uh, leak so then they decided hey let's get out in front of it i wouldn't be surprised based off the video and i'm interested to hear your perspective on this if they fucking called them right then and was like dude hey shit it's getting out you need to make a statement right now just go out in your backyard and do it
0: how cringy is that video
1: dude it's (laughs) and you know what it's not and again i want to make a clear distinction here that i don't want this to be beating up on jade the person because I don't think nah. that that's fair. None of us actually know him as a person. And if we saw him at the grocery store and I was holding the door open for him as he came in and he said, hey, thanks, man. And I was like, hey, no problem. Probably fucking get along with the guy. I don't know why I used the holding the door open reference. That's what. That's where I went. But you know what I mean? And since he was presented in this way, he should almost be a little bit upset with, with HQ's kind of plan to roll this out because they kind of fucked him from the start.
0: Remember, I remember watching Hiller's videos from the beginning. They were like, Backdoor, like, like a uh, uh, gonzo video. He's progressed so much to the point of, like, it looks professional. Jay went in his backyard holding the phone in front of him, moving around. Hey, I'm Jay. You know, I'm going to be this. <laughs> Why couldn't they go to his affiliate if he's at an affiliate, oh. have him in like a CrossFit t shirt, oh. the background of whatever affiliate he's at with the rig, and be like, hey, guys, I'm Jay. I'm coming from CrossFit X. I'm oh, here, I'm going to your, your XYZ and I'm going to show, I'm going to prove to you that this is what we're doing. This is the methodology. I'm so entrenched in it and I've changed my decision of how I felt about it before. But what, he, he couldn't do that. He's in his back for, come on guys.
1: Oh, doing? I'm, f- fuck, you nailed it, dude. <laughs> I think that would have changed everything as far as uh, first perspectives. That's nuts. This isn't CrossFit of 2007, of, of
0: 2007. this is CrossFit 2023. They're, they're a major corporation. they were a global brand.
1: Come yep. on. Yeah. Yeah. Sloppy. Sloppy. Well, thanks for calling in, brother. Great. I really appreciate that perspective.
0: Yeah, man. Great job this weekend. Everybody on the uh, team, uh, great coverage, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you. Thanks, bro. Bye.
0: All right, man. Later. Bye.
1: I saw another call coming. Call or come, call back. Whoever just called. I had it saved on my phone. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a really good uh, perspective there. Like what jethro just said i think if it's all i mean a lot of the times right in life it's not what you say it's how you say it it's not the message but the messenger right like fuck that shit matters so much especially with uh with this uh community here hello you're live on the show caller what's up brother hey
5: sir so that's joe Niels cross for coach how's it going
1: joe Niels what's up my guy how are you
5: hey i'm good i'm good so i'm gonna try to try to lean into the this at least for the here and now. So my time working back in the corporate world for a company that was owned by a venture capitalist company. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of times where we would lose someone internally who was like a director or a VP. And the VC would consistently fill that position with someone from you know an Ivy League school with MBAs and it's like stacked resume because they think that they're going to do all this amazing stuff. Um, so I'm going to lean into the fact that I don't really think this was an HQ hire. Mm. Uh, I think it's the VC um, doing the things that they strongly think uh, is what's best for the company, um, less than an HQ thing. So I think HQ, I hope it's just playing the hand uh, as best they can that's being dealt with them.
1: So, you're, so basically, you're kind of agreeing that like this wasn't a, a dawn fall thing. This wasn't um, anybody of the normal characters we were seeing. This was just 100% the board over at Berkshire Partners getting together, finding the guy that looked good on paper and saying, This is our dude.
5: That's what I've seen in my in my previous life in the corporate world. And it felt the same way. Like we would have people internally that were very vested in the company and trying to do a good job that understood the nuances. Of the business and you know the vendors really well and the customers really well and the nuances of whatever seasonal changes yeah they bring in someone that would be this ivy league grad and, you know they come out with all these hot phrases and catchphrases you know like rci and let's have a kaizen event and, let's do all this 5s and all this stuff is great when you have very process related problems um but crossfit's such a nuanced thing right as we know and the people that need to be in place. Are the people that are leading with passion because CrossFit's just not another company, right? Like, yep. you know, I'll give the example of you know Hiller, who is an unpaid you know person from CrossFit, right? Like he has no actual employment through CrossFit, but when something happens in the space and it's nine thirty-five at night, Hiller's going to drop everything and make content because mm. he's passionate about it.
4: Mm-hmm. You
5: know, someone that's brought in from the outside is going to look at this role like it's any other job. And so when you see something drop at 9.35 at night, most people that work normal jobs have normal relationships to that job, they're gonna be like, Oh, we, we should talk about this tomorrow morning. That was pretty interesting.
4: Mm-hmm. Right, not mm-hmm. drop
5: drop everything and how can we, you know, make action on this already? Because for us, like like yeah. us, right, we live, eat, sleep, and breathe this. Right. We don't look at it like I'm stopping what I'm doing to, you know, start working. It's just how we do things. And that's what really I think is the hard thing to manage from anyone that's coming to the outside in. It's almost impossible for them to treat this like another job and it can't be.
1: Yes, I agree completely because all the shit at the Ivy League school, the Harvard MBA, like the, the, like you said, the nuances of this, what, it, what CrossFit is in the community uh, in the affiliates in the games, like there's so much nuance there. And a guy with, uh, from an Ivy league school with all the right stuff on paper, isn't necessarily going to understand any of that. And by the time they do it, they won't be effective in that position, right? It's going to take so fucking long to figure that out.
5: 100%. It's like, how many times does an affiliate owner do you get a call or an email from whatever class pass or whoever it is? It's like, Hey, if you could have 30 members in the next two weeks or blah, blah, blah. Like would you right. like that. Like, uh, no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. They're not good leads. I can't manage this. Yep. Yes, more money and more members is great, but there is no way the retention is going to be there. Yep. And so it's, again, like you have these ideas that come from the outside, like, well, why wouldn't you want you know 30 new members in 30 days? Well, it's like, well, if you're jamming them down my throat and they're not good leads and they have no idea the nuances of CrossFit, they're going to walk into a class from whatever they're used to doing and being like, this is I don't I don't know why I'm here, but uh, I'm out. Yeah, I paid for class pass. I'm gonna go do something else,
1: dude. You fuck. You nailed it across the board. I mean, you nailed it with the uh, the reason why Jay Coons was was hired and was looked at for that position, which I completely agree with. That's what I've kind of been saying as well too. And then you nailed it with the with the lead thing when you look at it like it's an F forty five or an Orange Theory. You also have to remember that those businesses do workout A on Monday, workout B on Tuesday, workout C on Wednesday, and it's right. a rinse and repeat. And the reason why they do that is so that way they could just have people in there that aren't necessarily coaching to a really high level, but just kind of moving the class through the logistics of the system that's put in place by the franchise.
5: Yeah, right. So what they do is just so turnkey, it doesn't matter if the person has efficacy in any side of fitness or understanding it's just three two one go and here you go it's this is station a station b station c carry on
1: a hundred percent hey kind of somewhat uh, off topic but on the same topic. how's everything going dude how's it how's it been approaching people in the wild
5: dude it's been so good um like i think in the 30 days we've captured i think in total i think it's 111 leads uh <sighs> we had eight current paid signups we probably have another five two i would say nine that are like in the pipeline we're just messaging back and forth trying to get them in yep. uh, and starting um you know we had four members joined just by normal means so there is a chance that we could have netted 20 new members in the 30 days alone
1: holy shit um, so holy from like an
5: roi shit. standpoint it's been absolutely insane when I went into it, you know, I'd be like, I would, I would love five. I would I would love knowing that on my own, I could drive five new members of my gym. Yeah. And that would be enough for me to be like, you know, hey, this is something I'm going to adopt every single day going forward.
4: Right. Uh, and again,
5: it wasn't like I was carving out extra time to do it. Uh, it was just, hey, I got to go to, I'm going to go to Meyer to get sweet potatoes today. Like, hey, I'm going to hit this. Try and find someone to talk to them, right? Um, I normally don't go to Walmart, but you know that was for
1: (laughs) yeah, 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 (laughs) more more content, baby. The the content, yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
5: dude. Right? No, it's been so so good. Big picture for my affiliate alone, and that was honestly how it started. I just wanted to do something for my affiliate. Yeah, proved to me that I could challenge myself. And then you know, Jess really stepped up and said, you know, I I also kind of said, man, I wish I could do this bigger but there's just not a way for me to like do it all. And so Jess stepped up to the plate and was like, Hey, I, I think, you know, you could, you could offer some value, you know, doing the YouTube stuff. I'll step up and edit. And it's been so cool. Like even being, I was at Rogue this weekend and the amount of people I met that would just bump into me like, are you the Kenosha guy?
4: And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and like how, in,
5: how, how, in, how inspired they were, whether they were an owner or a coach or a member, because, either of the three were trying to drive this whole thing forward for their gym so that's that's the thing that i'm most excited about and really what i wanted to see happen is that we could inspire more people to just do what i'm doing and more crossfit coaches to do what i'm doing and owners to do what i'm doing that yeah. we can really drive the ship forward because we can't always rely on hq to do every decision that's going to align with what we want and we're the ultimate decision makers and protectors of our business to have those leads so yep the, it's been so cool to see people excited the hardest part is that i don't think we've reached enough people right i don't i don't know the youtube algorithm well enough and we can only get so much exposure and i've had meetings with which h with hq uh-huh. um and they're working on ways to try to amplify it i know that they uh, featured us in the affiliate uh email that was last week. Um it was on the same email that Jay Dacun's got announced. out so I think that was kind of uh you didn't scroll much further after
4: that. <laughs> yeah. They fucking um, buried <laughs>
1: you dude. They buried you under the the tragedy. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah, hey, we got some big it. news. Yeah. yeah. Slide Joe into here. <laughs> no one's going to scroll past <laughs> this anyways. Dude, hey, so I got to oh, I got to ask I want to compare some numbers with you cuz I did some stuff on the back end through like um uh like facebook advertisement or different things like that in the past but i will tell you right now just mm-hmm. just kind of listening to the numbers that you had like the 111 leads i wrote down like 5 to 9 in the pipeline um hoping to at the end of the 30 net close to 20 members i mean that blows the Facebook yeah. advertisement out of the fucking water. And on top yeah. of that, they're already building the connection with you and establishing the trust because I'm, I'm assuming they're going to come in and see you in the gym or if you're not the yep. one teaching them immediately, you're going to be there to kind of greet them, right? So like they kind yeah. of have this continuity from like, hey, there's a guy I talked to that, you know, maybe maybe help me take that extra step to get in here. And now that I'm in the gym, there he is again helping me out. So, but uh, real quick and, before I let you go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, and, and the, what's nice too is, Like I'm the one having the
5: conversation and you know, as an owner a coach or a crosser in general, like it does not take long to think that CrossFit's a fit for that person, right? We know it's for um, anyone, but it's not for everyone. And it's that mindset of how they communicate. And so it is one of those things that we can kind of vet the conversation as we're going Of Like, Hey, this actually is some sticking power here. I think this person actually could have some buy-in and how the conversation goes. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking to people, you're also in control of the leads that you're generating. So like I said with the whole class pass stuff, it's like, you know, it's going to be whoever walks in my door and whatever their predisposition of what they're going to do. I already have a good idea of who they are, what they're like, and what's going to drive them to stay. So like, I'm already like qualifying that lead as best I can that. Okay. Like, yep. When Jeff walks in the door, you know, I, he's kind of swung this way and how I should motivate him. Whether it's going to be a little bit more of like high level coaching or this dude just needs a cheerleader. And I just want to get him excited about moving.
1: Yeah. Hey, is there any spot, like out of the, all the places that you've been to, number one, that you would recommend people go because it, it it kind of had the engaged or qualified lead there. And number two, is there a spot that you would recommend people just absolutely avoid because it was a dud?
5: Yeah, so we're going to try to make the next wave of content, like kind of like funneling people to do have more success. Uh, in that, for us, there was a, a Mission Barbecue uh, chain by us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there are more of a military... Um, like they support military and police and fire departments. I think it just already has a clientele for whatever reason. That's really well positioned, uh, for like community centric stuff. Um, so I think finding any business that does have those good, that's ties that lean that like military way, um, really successful for us. Um, I would definitely discourage Walmart. Um, <laughs> that's
1: what I was thinking too. I was like, probably Walmart's yeah. going to be last on that
5: list interesting right if you're really trying to save the absolute lost um yeah you can go there um, <laughs> if you have a dog if you have a dog a dog park was it was really good for us um, oh, just like the comfortable casual conversations because dog people are going to naturally trust dog people and it just seemed really easy to have organic conversations um but no so it's That'll be kind of the next wave of content. We might lean a little bit more of like doing YouTube shorts and mm. just start like banging out some good content yep. um yep. on like really easy, tangible stuff. Um and then kind of my process of like you know how I kind of qualify leads and how I funnel them to hopefully a yes and a sign up. Um, but even bigger than that, we're gonna put out a video that is going to offer basically to three affiliates is the goal where they're going to kind of I don't know, pitch apply. Yep. I'm going to fly out. I'm going to spend three days with the affiliate, give them the full on crash course of just going to places and talking. And then hopefully they take the next 27 and crush it on their own. And then they kind of push it through affiliates and really try to like get this just really, really rolling. Cause yeah. it's been unbelievable for my affiliate. And I just want other owners to really see that it is super doable and the momentum, not only from them, but like my members have been so excited seeing me do this and lead from
1: the front they're like,
5: Hey dude, I was at a like X, Y, and Z and like, I gave it a shot. Like,
1: that's I awesome. I
5: tried pitching a little bit more. Yeah,
1: dude. Good shit. Hey, when, uh, when you do that, let's stay in touch. Cause I would love to, I would love to have you come out here in the Bay area and like, I would love to do something with you. Maybe we could leverage the uh, channel and even get uh, Sev on behind the camera a little bit and me, you know, you go out and have some fun with it. I think that would make some great Just content okay. and be be a lot of fun. All right, brother. Thank you so Say much for well, your brother, call, again. dude. Great perspectives. Cool. Hey, yeah, you are doing amazing for the uh, for the community. I love that. You're not only leading from the front for your gym, but for all affiliate owners, there's so much that could, that could take away. And I love the fact that you're packaging everything that you've learned, and you're going to make that just available um, in multiple different ways for affiliate owners. That's huge. I think uh, Jada Koons will probably be reaching out to you soon to develop some sort of strategy. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> great, brother. All right, take man. Care. Thanks for your call, Joe. Bye. All right, bye. Yeah, bye. That's... Awesome. So those numbers that he kind of spit out, and I know if you don't really own an affiliate, um, or you're just not familiar with like the leads thing, the hundred, the 111 leads, um, the five to nine people in the pipeline and the potential net 20 members is insane if he's able to uh, package this in a way that has maybe like 80% of um of that consistency, regardless of the location that he's in, that's a fun, that is such a huge deal for CrossFit and for CrossFit communities. Like, like, it's nuts. And to give you guys some perspective too, like if you were to spend $1,000 on advertisement um, to achieve uh, only five members in your gym, that would still be profitable by month three, on your thousand dollars of investment in advertisement just by getting five people into your gym. Joe's doing this and spending his time, not even the thousand bucks in getting four X to five X that. So that is crazy. Yeah. Cave dasho, That's probably about, uh, about 10 X from normal. If you're just kind of like sitting there and we've been super lucky as CrossFit gyms. Like I, I will tell you guys, like, My whole business has been built off referrals. And I'm assuming majority of the gyms, like when I say like the first, like probably right before the pandemic, up until right before the pandemic, the only thing we did was referrals. That was how people showed up at my gym. And in fact, the first like two years that I opened it, I only had an email. I didn't even have like a phone number and stuff like set up. And it was just people bringing in their friends and having a great time. We did a lot of community events. We still do. And that really keeps the community tight and allows it to be a fun outlet, which people bring people to, and then they become members. I put a couple uh, uh starred comments up here that I wanted to go through real quick. Um, Jeff, our, our lovely Jeff, he put... Love the guy that looks good in a suit, knows the buzzwords, and has all the right papers. That is it. That's exactly what Joe Joe was just talking about. Where it's like, from a from a partner managing perspective, you're just looking at the resume and going like, oh, check this box, check this box, check this box. Um, good to go. Move them in. And that that the nuance with the CrossFit community, it's it's really tough to uh, do that in the same way. Um, Clock. Jay partnered with the founder of the Bar Method and then sold it to Anytime Fitness was he brought on to repeat this transaction will he become a subsidy of will we will become a subsidy of anytime or lifetime can't wait dude I don't like is it going to be packaged up to be resold who would be the buyer there And, uh, and can it be, um, packaged up and sold that way? These are great questions and I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Um, I don't know if like any time or lifetime would be the buyer there, but I think the spirit of what you're saying is something that could, could become a reality. Like, you know, what was, if it wasn't an L1 and it wasn't CrossFit experience and it wasn't uh, some sort of authority in the community that they were looking for as far as bringing in the new uh, head of affiliates, then what were they looking at in terms of why they decided to bring this guy in? And Clark's uh, comment here about potentially packaging up CrossFit to help it um, to sell it to something else could be, could be the reason. That is one uh, um, speculation there that I don't disagree with. Uh, can we put up a poll to see who'd rather we'd rather have run an affiliate, Justin Burger, <laughs> Jaden Coons? <laughs> oh shit! I, you know what? I, if I was faster at doing some of the polls and stuff like that, maybe I could. But it's so hard to like manage all this stuff and still stay like present with uh all these at the same time. But that is that it's that's a, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Joe makes me hungry to do nails. Extra slop to do more to do nails. <laughs> Joe makes me hungry to do more extra sloppy. Yeah, he does. Daniels is leading from the front. I mean, just, I, I had a million questions for him as far as like, you know, does he have a go-to script that he's going off of now? Um, the, does he, you know, what works as far as an opener, how quickly in the conversation can you tell if someone's into it or not? Um, how much like, you know, time does he spend from the conversation to then handing him over the phone to capture the information? Um, does he qualify uh, uh, a lead through looking at them, talking about them? Like, how does he choose the people he's going? These are all questions that I think uh, would be interesting. Uh, I met him at the meet and greet on Thursday night. Such a good dude. Yeah, he seems like he's uh he seems like he's a really great guy. Um, Susan, can you pull up the bar method? Like what, the website or like the Wikipedia on um on it? Let's see. Let's take a look over at it. Let's see, let's see. Uh, uh Mr. Burns. Wait, hold on, guys. Sorry about that. Well, their website doesn't seem to be working, at least not for me right now. So that <laughs> that could be one issue. Um all right, well, maybe we'll get back to the uh bar. Oh, here we go. It just took forever to set up. Interesting. Okay, so here is the sign up online for bar today. That's what the website looks like. Reject all. Oh, it's like a streaming platform. Interesting. Okay. I don't know I don't know anything about the bar method. I don't know anything about it school these coming here sleeky always has great stuff Berkshire was offered 365 million and turned it down from an individual they're going to franchise they don't want to sell to an individual interesting information if they bought it for 200 million and they were going to have 165 million dollars in profit based off of what they spent on certain initiatives that worked or did not work i wonder what you think they could franchise it though? How is that? Oh, I don't know. Make sure that option C, which is neither. Yeah, Judy, no option C in this one. Um Will Branson, the bar method website is terrible. So hopefully they didn't hire a as their website. Is either. yeah, that was a really kind of ugly site. That wasn't good at all. I did not like the back. God, it's getting it's getting cold here in California. And by cold, I mean like, you know, mid-60s. <laughs> okay, so I want to get through this, which is just kind of dissecting Jada Coons' LinkedIn real quick. Um, so vice president, he puts out a thing, MBA, CFE. Um, what What is CFE? Do you guys know what CFE is? Connect. Yep. Should I add a personal note? Hi, I'm talking about you on the show right now. No, just kidding. Um, so I wanted to read this portion here. Because to Sleeky's last comment about saying like they're going to uh, franchise it, like they don't want to just sell it to another, you know, VC, like venture capital company or private equity company or just people with money that just want to buy it and hold it for a little bit and uh, up its value, then resell it again, right? She's basically claiming that they would rather control all the affiliates, uh, create it like a a McDonald's type look to where every gym looks and feels the same, operates off the same exact systems, uh, produces the same exact results. But uh, his about here, as vice president at CrossFit LLC, I support the global work of over 13,000 affiliated gyms. Now, here's the issue with that L1. If the first line is going to be, I support the global network of over 13,000 affiliated gyms. Again, he's not coaching them, but he's looking over them. He's supporting them. Is the L1 important to do that? Is the L1 important to do that? I want to know your guys' perspective on that, which I already know. Yeah, it is the fuck of course it is <laughs> you need to have it uh ensuring quality standards that's uh, so okay let me just read the whole thing and then i'll start doing the breakdown about it sorry guys let me let me just fill you in on this this is the about on uh jay coons linkedin jada coons linkedin uh profile here about as a vice president of crossfit llc i support the global network of over thirteen thousand affiliated gyms ensuring quality standards operational excellence and revenue growth I lead a global team that is a that is passionate about supporting our affiliate owners to help them achieve more success in their businesses. Okay, so now let's let's dissect this a little bit, if if you will, and um, please, if you guys have a different perspective than this with me or just anything else, like call it in, throw it in the comments. Like let's let's talk about this. Hopefully, you have the opposite perspective, so that way we could have some good conversation about this. Okay. So I support the global network of over 13,000 affiliated gyms. Probably important to do the L1 if you're doing, if you're, if you're doing that. Um, this is kind of the most interesting line right here. Ensuring quality standards. How? How are you going to ensure the quality standards? Number two, if the L1 is setting the quality standards, but you don't have the L1 yet, what quality standards can you ensure? Heidi, why would hopefully we have the opposite perspective so that way we could just get on here and argue with somebody as that, like, as those words came out of my mouth, I was like, this isn't like nobody in this round is going to have the opposite perspective. God, put that up on the list of, uh, so Katie, not going to keep you here long. Um, was Roman allowed to have his translator on the field and, uh, over and under, are they banging? No, just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, yeah. Ensuring quality standards. That sounds a lot like a uh, franchise talk, right? Emily, how uh, he can't know quality standards without the L1. That is the predicament, isn't it? That is the predicament. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the one thing that really gets me where it's just kind of like thrown in the meat of their ensuring quality standards. So the big question I have is if we don't he doesn't have the L1 yet, he doesn't have it yet, once he does have it and kind of understands the quality standards, okay, give him the pass on that, then what happens if you're an affiliate that doesn't follow the quality standards? And what does that mean? So if the L1 decides a quality standard and you're going to say, hey, this is the book, that's only on kind of the methodology. So is it is it the quality standard going to be if the gym doesn't follow the methodology or is it going to be about the systems in which they operate? Like if I don't have an on-ramp versus I do have an on-ramp class, like is one bad or one good now? And um, I would encourage you guys too if you don't listen to uh, Craig Howard and Jamie Lee's podcast over with uh, Diablo CrossFit PRs All Day podcast, the um uh Craig and Jamie Lee have been having on like a lot of really old school, like affiliate owners that have been around for 10 plus, 15 plus years. And um, he did one with um with uh uh uh, uh Adam Adam Neifer and he did one with Nicole Christensen. Both of them have been around uh known their affiliates at um CrossFit Fort Vancouver. And then uh Nicole Christensen I think, is like CrossFit Roots in Colorado. If I apologize anybody if I messed that up and then obviously Craig Howard over at Diablo CrossFit they had a great discussion on like best practices and all three of them operated differently but all three of them have been really successful for a really long time so that's kind of the issue with the ensuring quality standards because if you have different gyms that are all operating you know differently with their own nuances and kind of operating how they do within their own communities um, and now you're saying we're ensuring those quality standards does that mean they're all gonna have to be the same. That's kind of the the fear that I have with the insuring quality standards. Like just how? How and what? What and how. Um, operational excellence. Okay, that's cool. Um, no issue with that. Insurance, you know, ensuring operational excellence. I don't know how you would ensure like you're gonna ensure it happens, but. And we want all the affiliates to operate at a at a top tier in revenue growth revenue growth how again how 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 so these things just uh more questions rise with each one of those ensuring quality standards operational excellence and revenue growth I mean the biggest question is is how and uh and and uh what um I lead a global team that is passionate about supporting affiliate owners to help them achieve more success in their business okay just sounds like a buzzword at that point. So that's um that's interesting, right? Just breaking that down a little bit there. Now, let's look through some of these uh, comments real quick. Try to get through. Jeff, quality of running a business versus quality of movement uh, are totally different. Lots of people on their L1 high horses here. Yeah, I mean, I don't like totally disagree with you though. But I just think in terms of like, coming into this community and everything else and and being head of affiliates that you should definitely have the prerequisite that it takes to own the affiliate. And I understand that that might just be so to speak like you know in the way that you're looking at it like checking a box because that doesn't have much to do with his job, but I would I would disagree and here's here's why. This, this might be an interesting perspective. I disagree because I think that the educational piece and what we do in CrossFit training I think that that is the most important part of CrossFit. And I think that the more that CrossFit establishes itself as the expert in the health and fitness space, that the better off it is for the affiliates and the more longevity that CrossFit the company will see over the years. Because that's the differentiator. So many times people are like, oh, why would I go to CrossFit and pay 200 bucks a month and have to dodge a gym dog and there's no heating and I could just go to 24-hour fitness for 10 fucking dollars and have all of that. Because of the education, because of the methodology, and hopefully because of all the value you're receiving from the coaches as they help you understand that and make lifestyle changes for you and your family. And the more that we could establish ourselves as that expertise, again, the more seats that we have or the more butts and seats we have at the L1s, the more people and affiliates you will have, the more coaches and affiliates you will have. The more we could attack kind of these bigger questions here uh, or not bigger questions, but the common questions of, oh, CrossFit's bad for you or, oh, CrossFit, they, all they do is fake pull-ups or you're going to get injured. And if we just pushed Everything we could, kind of like the CrossFit Journal did, about what we know in the space and what we know to be true in the health and fitness space, that that will start to just... You won't even be compared to the F45 and the 24-hour fitnesses and stuff because it, they won't be relevant. You will establish yourself as something completely different. And the fact that we don't see L1 commercials just all the time and not within just outside of our, our community, but also inside of our community is astonishing to me. The, the, everything that CrossFit is a part of or partnered with should just be pushing L1 commercials with people from all walks of life. And that I think will just help establish that the, the differentiator between, um, us and everything else within the space. I mean, that was the whole NSCA case. And like to me, the fact that that was settled and then covered up was a huge, uh, a huge mistake, a huge slap in the face to affiliate owners. Like we fucking paid for that. Like Greg was fighting to keep what we were doing inside of our gyms legal. The NSCA wanted to establish themselves as the expertise in the area, and they wanted to do it through government regulation, not by just being the fucking best, but through The government by saying, hey, we need, we're the expertise. People are getting hurt. Look at these papers that we did on CrossFit. Look at these studies. See, the injury rate is so much higher, which, by the way, those were all falsified. It was fucking made up data, made up injury rates. And they tried to use that to then say, this is not, this cannot be the leader in in health and fitness. It's too dangerous. They have to go through us. So then over time, what would happen is people would come, they'd come knock on your affiliate door. Hey, do you have these training certificates? You need to, to keep people safe. And if you don't, what you're doing is illegal. Okay. So now that's a freaking problem, right? And so Greg was protecting that. He was protecting the L1. He's protecting the affiliate owners. And he was protecting all the ones that would come after that. And the fact that We didn't just, and we being CrossFit, the community and the affiliates and the money that was used to do that, the fact that we just didn't just keep, just bury them and then fucking own them afterwards, but yet just settle, take a check and let them move on. Fuck. Crazy. And here's the thing that blows my mind. When you talk to a lot of affiliate owners, I I would say the vast majority have no fucking clue that that happened the vast, the vast majority would have no clue that that happened and how important that was and how much of a slap in the face it was just to settle and take the money and go okay i'm going to try to come up uh keep up with some of these questions here sorry guys um uh oh you guys are just kind of like arguing with each other in here that's great um my biggest concern with this guy is uh, with this guy is making franchise fees like 50k and reducing the barrier to entry. I don't care about the 01. Yeah, I mean, the changes that could come to affiliateship is uh, is could be crazy with that um, Martin, I picked your I picked your comment just simply because of your uh, photo. I really like that. I really like that photo of you, Martin. Okay. It'd be good PR for a VP to have an L1, but it's not necessary. VPs are money and HR people. They have managers who must have their L1 to that execute the VP's plan. Yeah. But I, I mean, yes, again, I agree, but I still just think it's the, it's the prerequisite, dude. I mean, any, if you want to be an authority within your affiliate, if you want to be authority within your, um, With uh within the crossfit community, the L one is the prerequisite. That's the first stone you step on as you make your way there. Jeff has some great comments. Going back to when I said call in, hopefully you have a different perspective, Heidi. Jeff was what I was talking about because you can see I'm using him as discussion points here. (laughs) Jeff again, Mike, I said earlier, uh, I think everyone should take their L one. The issue here is going after the hire because they, uh, he doesn't have the two-day certifi- certification. Okay, okay, not buying it, <laughs> bull boy. Mike, do you think he squats below parallel? Do you think he squats at all? Does now? He does now. Um, and I'll talk. I want to talk a little bit more about HQ, but I'll finish up this with uh, Mr. Uh, Jada Coons here. Um, new Dawn Ventures LLC, still working for them as a board member. New Dawn Ventures is an investment platform that comprises an experienced founders and investors providing growth capital and shareholder liquidity to emerging brands in the consumer health and wellness space. Just let that one simmer for a moment. Out of all the things we talked about. He's a board member on the New Dawn. Interesting. Okay, Bar Method, five years, three months. Brand president, full time. Um, became C- CEO first, and then became brand president. Interesting. President and COO of Yoga Works. Um, and was principal at Highland uh, Capital. Jay DeKunz was president and CEO at Yoga Works. Uh, Jay oversaw the operations of Yoga Works, thirty locations in New York, California, with uh, over eight hundred employees and north of forty million in sales. See more. Yoga's Works is the leading national provider of yoga plotties in specialized group fitness programs. Seeing a little bit of a trend here, huh? Principal, uh, this was in July of 2006 to May of 2009. Developed strategies to identify and pursue growth stage investment opportunities. Sourced investment opportunities by building relationships directly with entrepreneurs in financial and Okay, well. If you weren't skeptical of uh, packaging for sale or p- packaging for potential affiliateship, then you definitely are after reading that resume. Again, if we go after a lot of the discussion um, that we had earlier and some of the things that we were talking about in terms of like the board just looking at the resume and why they decided to choose him, I think that kind of a, uh, I think that kind of gives us the tell sign. Philip Kelly, who's skinnier. Sousa's already come. You tell me, bro. <laughs> Philip Kelly and I were uh, partner workout uh, partners in a workout during the uh, uh, larger body athletes. Philip, anything we do now, I feel like that's gonna be you're gonna be like my safe bet. If we're somewhere and there's like some sort of workout and it's a partner thing, like I'm just gonna gravitate towards you each time. Now, <laughs> you know, you like pick a seat at the beginning of school, the, the beginning of school year, and you're like, I'm gonna sit here next to these people, and you do it the rest of the time. It's me and you and partner workouts. Okay, let's head over real quick and let's look at the CrossFit website. I want to talk about this. Um, So in conclusion, I just want to anchor down um, (laughs) (laughs) Philip Kelly. Philip Kelly, I carried Susan that workout. Facts. Facts. (laughs) Philip Kelly is fit. I can attest to that. Okay, so here's the. Uh, oh, um, my uh, final thoughts on Jada Coons. Number one, as a person, we don't know him, so I'm not. I'm not talking about that. We're strictly talking about his relationship with CrossFit and is he a good fit as the hire and what his intentions is for CrossFit and why he was hired. Um, so I think as a Uh, for that, we just only time will tell. We'll have to see. Who knows? Maybe we're completely wrong about this. Maybe he's going to go get the L1. Um, Maybe we'll see some really cool stuff that'll come through that'll be really beneficial for CrossFit. Maybe some of the perspective that he could bring from outside of the space could definitely help some of the affiliate owners. So we'll give him a little bit of a, we'll give him a chance, right? You have to give everybody a chance. Like you heard Chase say when, which was great, the discussion between um, him and Taylor when he was like, Uh, hold on a minute hold on and he's like you got to give him a chance let him see you know if we're going to be a welcoming community you have to welcome him into the community let's see what what happens first and then um and then go from there and so and i and i agree with that perspective i do think we should give him a chance let's let him in like uh blade was saying earlier like we're all we're all in this together so um let's kind of see what happens from that but um you know trust but verify right so I'm open, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptical, and we'll kind of be uh, watching it. But the thing is, too, and my last note on this is, fuck, dude, like CrossFit, get it together in terms of your communication, especially when you're implementing things in this whole like hiding shit and then being like, oh fuck, now we have to react to it because of something that happened, and maybe hiding was the wrong word, but not being forthcoming with information as it's rolling out and then trying to backtrack into like being this reactive communication, it's not a good look. Develop your plans and your strategy behind closed doors and then present it before that takes place. That's going to be, I mean, fuck, that's going to be the biggest uh, opportunity that you'd have. Uh, Dan, this feels like the opposite of giving him a chance. I was actually thinking that same thing as I was talking to this. I, I wanted I wanted to uh I wanted to just try to be like fair about it, but you're right. Like I'm not like I'm not super like stoked with just the way this whole thing was presented, obviously. And I am quite skeptical of what he'll be doing in his um position here. But yeah, you you're, you're kind of right. Yeah, I'm just gonna mumble my my way out of this. Okay. Um more perspectives on the L one. Dan, again, maybe it takes more than L1 to be a VP. I agree, but still still should probably start there, especially with the emphasis that we place on it. Like the L1 was like birthed this CrossFit ecosystem. Like that was the seed that planted everything that it grew from, right? Like Greg compiled all the information he had and he packaged it up to be able to disseminate that information to everybody so they could use the methodology to help improve their life. I don't think that that should just be overlooked. But I do necessarily, but I do agree that that necessarily isn't going to maybe aid him. It's not like he read some book and now he's going to be able to perform as VP better because of that. But I think honoring and understanding the importance of it and the importance to the community of what the L1 is, is the reason why you would do it. Not because it's it's beneficial from his uh, job. Um, Philip Kelly, Souza, does this hire make you question re-affiliating, dude? <laughs> Every year since Greg left, my affiliate my affiliates' are, uh, fees are due in December. Every year since Greg left, I've struggled with this a little bit. But here's the deal: if I leave, people like you leave. If if Craig Howard leaves, if these other people in the community leave, then the whole thing kind of crumbles. So that's the emotional side of it, right? Like if if you start to see these big name people like leave and it's not replaced by something else that binds this community together, then does the whole thing fucking, does the bottom of it kind of fall out, okay? So that's the emotional side of that, right? Now, if we're talking in terms of, in business, I could still tell you that if I go and I, when I ask everybody who comes in my gym, Hey, how'd you find out about us? Right? Hey, what brought you in here? And I look at in terms of, uh, you know, The metrics that I have as like, how are people finding the gym? What channels, you know, I hate to use all these buzzwords as we're talking about this, but what channels are they coming through? Is it through Instagram? Are they coming through through um, my website? Are they coming in through a Google search? All of that. I could still tell you that the number one searches that are there, CrossFit gyms near me. CrossFit gyms near me. So at a $250 a month, right? Because that's three... Well... Fuck, we don't know because apparently they're going to be raising the affiliate fees at some point. At least that's the current rumor that's happening right now. But at $250 a month, a $3,000 affiliate fee, I know that as long as people keep coming in through the door, on average, two members uh, a month there, and then they stay even if you have a really short lifetime value of a customer. And let's say they only stay for three months or they only stay for six months. You're still going to be coming out on top in terms of what you pay for. With the CrossFit name, right? Um, and so yeah, like the business side of it would still tell you, yeah, it's worth it, you know, depending on how well you have. Oh, is this true? Sleeky 4000 January 1 Philip Kelly, it's going to be three, 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 three and 34 cents, $333.34. 4K, okay, you know. And um, as that price raises, you could start to question the business side of it, right? And the business side of it for us is like, is paying that amount, the you know $250 right now, potentially the, the uh, $330 a month, as that increases and starts to creep up, then you'll start to go to the, you heard me talk about the emotional side of it, the brand, keeping it together, the community you know, CrossFit's our thing, our being the affiliates, our being the L1 trainers, our being the practitioners of CrossFit that are in the gym, our thing. Um, Our thing. Um, But on the business side of it, it's still like, okay, if I do pay, if I pay that amount, then I'm still getting ROI off of that, right? And so if that number creeps up, then the business side of the argument to stay starts to drop and it's hard. And you can't necessarily just be you know, obviously making a ton of emotional decisions, like, oh, I'd be so sad if I wasn't a CrossFit gym anymore and if the community fell apart. But that's interesting. Sleeky, do I lie? No, you do not. Good morning, Athena. Hope you're doing well. I like that, I really like that video on your 12-inch box jump when I saw. That shit is great. I love that. Good morning
6: what's doing, up uh, so a, it's philip kelly how you doing brother i uh, i'm good man i um i i asked you that question about the uh the new hire and making it does it make you question reaffiliating because well for a number of reasons but one of them is i i just met with a owner of a old crossfit gym and uh she deal with affiliated i don't know how many years ago it doesn't matter but she, she was basically asking me, well, why should I affiliate? She wants me to coach there. And I, I was asking her questions about her gym and everything. But she was like, why should I affiliate? I couldn't really give her many good answers other than the ones that we all typically would throw at her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I just don't see the value in it. And that's why we de-affiliated before. She's like, I, I don't get much out of affiliating with them um, other than getting to use the name CrossFit. She's like, we still do functional fitness in here, but we just can't call it CrossFit. Yep. That that was bugging me internally because I'm like, well I love cross, but that's what I do. Yep. Um. Yep. So it was just a conversation that we were having. And um I found it hard for me to like justify it even with that that price increase that's uh, gonna be coming too in January.
1: Right. It it is the question, right? Like and I mean, here's the and, thing. Oh, oh,
6: and I, I totally get what you were saying about like if you tap out, then it's like some of like the ogs who are super successful like craig howard i know craig would be like what the hell dude like you know what i mean yep um and and that's the things like yeah i do i totally agree like we got to stick together otherwise like yeah the ship's just gonna sink even deeper without all of us you know what i mean
4: Mm
1: -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
6: there needs to be people who and there are people who are still flying the flag but man they keep making it hard over at hq
1: they do yeah. I mean, it's tough because like even just to come into co- question it, right? Like we are a CrossFit. Like we love this community. We love, we love the name and we love what it represents and we love to represent it, but it does like, yeah. as a lot of this stuff happens that, um, you know, is getting harder and harder to agree with or harder and harder to get behind. It does start to beg the question. Right. And that's, yeah that's, yeah, that is the issue. And, and I agree with you. Like sometimes if you come up against somebody who's like, you know, and you saw Hiller in um, his last video, if you saw the one about Jada Coons and kind of the new hire, he was like, why are you still a CrossFit gym? Um, and I mean, <laughs> it, these are, these are fair questions for some. And these are questions that people like you and I, who like, you know, bleed this shit, like, have to try to justify in some points and it's tough right it's when you come up with somebody yeah, like, you know oh, what right.
6: it, you, you know what her issue was actually just for an example she she doesn't like uh this is classic too she doesn't like um she feels like it gives people a bad taste in their mouth and people are worried about getting injured because people get injured doing crossfit mm. i i doubt she even knows the truth behind the nsca case um, to be honest with you
1: yeah most um, don't man But
6: just just for an example these are these are, this is an owner of a gym who no longer is affiliated. Um, who really just is like, doesn't even care. She just wants to run her gym and, and carry on, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you don't blame some of these people, right? It's not like you see that and you're like instantly like, Oh man, why would you do that? That's terrible. It's kind of like, Oh shit. Like, all right, well there goes another one, but you're right. I think for those yeah, of us that are really like, understand this, understand the history of CrossFit, understand Greg's vision which I think is like what everybody's kind of still like clutched onto. And personally, that's what I'm like clutched onto. Like when he was doing the stuff with the DDCs and and um, and all those subject matter health experts and we were bringing that into the space and he was attacking all the lies and the disinformation that our trusted institutions were pushing out there. Um, that's yeah. what I was fucking fired up by. I was like, dude, we are going to change the world. Like when Greg was collecting all those doctors at the MDL ones going in there and giving out all those yeah. information to the doctors, and then you could come back at the, you know, the next one they'd have and they'd push you into this, um, lecture hall. If you already took the, the MDL one and you could listen to these subject matter experts speak on different, uh, things that are happening inside the health and fitness industry and how it's tied to the medical industry. Like I was sitting in that room, listening to those people and seeing this vision of what Greg was doing here. And I was like, fuck, this was this, like, this is it. Like this will become the new expertise on exercise science and, and health and being able to go to a, a, a a source of truth. Right. Instead of just this corrupt fucking bullshit that we're being, have been fed for a long time and are continuing to be fed by our um government regulated iran uh, institutions <laughs> yeah exactly crazy well, crazy well thank you for your perspective dude well i just keep watching and see
6: what uh what hq keeps coming out with man uh, yeah good luck good luck, to you. good luck to you as an affiliate owner dude
1: hey thanks bro come okay, stop by sometime All and right. work out if you're ever in the area
6: i will i will All All I, and then i can have pool boy coach me
1: a hundred percent yep All right, brother. Thanks for calling. Later. Oh man. Yeah. It's like what Philip was talking right there. It's like you come into like this gym owner that maybe used to be a CrossFit or something like that. And, and they're like, I stopped affiliating. And you're like, why? And then you try to come as an affiliate owner or just somebody who believes in it, like come back and like, you kind of have this back and forth. And then at some, at some point, like it's, uh, you're just like, how do i even justify this like is it all emotional is it all emotional for me like maybe but i feel like it's it's the flag we carry the crossfit flag and if we set it down we being like the ogs the people that really understand the crossfit journal that was birthed through the crossfit journal that was birthed in greg's vision like if we lay down the flag like who's who's gonna pick it back up who's gonna carry the message who's gonna carry the boats (laughs) If you're David Goggins man, <laughs> Mr. Sevamatosian. source of truth. CrossFit was going to take the mantle from the CDC for all things health. Mm-hmm mm-hmm I mean, that's, that's what I saw. So I had this vision for my gym and what I wanted it to be like in this really long-term. Kind of thought was a health center, so like of course it's CrossFit gym in the front of it. You could imagine this, we have uh, offices, consultation rooms, like a spot that it would almost look like you were going to go to the doctor's office. But the biggest difference was as you went a little bit further down the hall, past the bathrooms, in a big CrossFit gym, like opened up, right? So that way you had an alternative. You could go in, maybe you're overweight, you you know you need to make some lifestyle changes, whatever the case may be that you're dealing with, Um, or maybe you're just fucking sick of the answers that you were getting from our traditional kind of like slide you down the line healthcare. So you walk into my gym and go, oh, hi, Mike, I'm just gonna use Mike here. Hi, Mike, welcome to the, welcome, welcome in. Oh, you're here to see Dr. So-and-so? Great, go right up and make the left on the hall. So then they go down, they see their doctor. The doctor is able to start to build the relationship, ask the right questions. And then when they go, okay, rather than say, uh, all right, well, I'm going to send you over here. I'll make sure you have some diet and exercise and go 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 down to uh, CVS and fill your prescription. And uh, we're going to start monitoring uh, your stuff because you're going to be on meds. Or the alternative of that with, hey, if you don't make these changes here and start to uh, move a little bit more and, and eat better, you're going to have to come back and get on prescription meds. So instead of that, the the doctor that you would see that would be in my gym, would say, or in my facility, would say, okay, great. Hey, what we're going to do is I'm going to send you to two places. We're going to send you down over to our trusted um, dietitian here that's going to go ahead and get you set up with what you need to make sure you're on the right path to eating um, meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, a little starch, no sugar. And then after you go see them, we're going to go send you over to my CrossFit coach here, and he they are going to help you out um, with getting yourself uh, starting on some movement and then there you go. So rather than being written a prescription for for drugs or just being told, "Hey, go do this, you know, find find an outlet for it and if you don't," which you know nobody fucking does that. I mean, very few people go to the doctor and get that news and like walk out the door and say, "Hey, now I'm going to make a bunch of lifestyle changes." Like it it happens, which is great, but without the help, without a resource there, it chances are you it just goes away. So then afterwards, you go and Uh, See, see the doctor, the doctor prescribes you to the dietitian, dietitian helps you out with making some uh, changes in your diet. And hopefully they start adding stuff in rather than just start taking stuff away. Right? They really look at it and they understand the long term approach that they're going to take to your diet. So that way, when you go to the normal doctor, and they say go to diet and exercise, you don't start scrolling on Instagram or Facebook and just find the latest, you know, six week challenge. Right, but like you actually understand it from a holistic, like long-term approach perspective with your eating, um, then you go over and you go see your you go see your CrossFit coach, and we start going through. Hey, are you hurt? Like, what's going on with the body? Like, what are what are what are um, some things that we're gonna have to progress to work towards? Like, what does this look like, right? And then they start to get you moving, and then on top of that, when you walk through to that that last door and you enter into the CrossFit gym. You have the most important piece, in my opinion, which is the community of like-minded people that you're going to be around. That's what's going to keep you consistent, is finding your people, going into that gym, and getting yourself healthy. That will give you that small uh, motivation to get in the door every day that will start to lead to the habit and the consistency that hopefully forms with your eating and with your uh, exercise. And we all know that when a bunch of CrossFitters like get together like that, like everything starts to change because you don't want to be the guy that shows up with a box of donuts. Maybe if it's like a holiday party or something, but just on average, right? Like you don't want to be the one that walks into your affiliate, like was a CrossFit coach and was like, hey, here's a box of donuts. Like, you, So with that pressure of the community and the like-minded people in there, it helps make sure that this stays this way because it's like it's the same thing. You wouldn't show up with a, some alcohol at your AA meeting, right? You would hide that shit you would you would fucking lie about it you would hide it and at least that creates kind of this like shame or guilt that will help kind of hopefully put you on the right right direction because you want to be you know in with this crowd and you want to keep with this community and you want to make sure that you're staying uh fit and healthy and when greg was doing the ddc the and ddc sounds for derelict doctors club um when he was doing those I kind of had this vision because, again, I was a real student of Greg of the um, of everything he was putting out in the journal. I was watching kind of these things that he was that he was doing um, at CrossFit HQ. And I was like, holy shit, this kind of aligns with um, exactly the vision that I, I was kind of seeing and where Greg was taking this. And that's why I was so adamant on, like, getting myself into that DDC because I wanted to, like, get in there. I wanted to see what see what he was doing. And it it confirmed exactly what I was thinking. But I also just wanted to be within that collection of people. And luckily for me, um, through Sevon, he sent me the email at the time as Karin Thompson. She was director of CrossFit Health. And uh, luckily, I was able to get in there. Once I got in there, I was like, holy shit, this is it. And that was a vision that I could get behind. And it was massive. There was no like ceiling to it. Like we were going to take on fucking big pharma. We were going to take on the corruption through the health institutions. Like we were going to fucking get after it. And that, that fired me up. That fired me up. Um, and so I was excited about that vision. And now I don't like, I don't know if that vision is still there. Like do, are we going to see the current administration at CrossFit H2 say, Hey, a, a bunch of this shit that these health institutions are telling you is fucking bullshit. And here's the truth. And here's why, i don't know i don't know one second here caller good morning you're live on the show
7: hey Susa. hey
1: Hey. what's going on brother
7: uh first time caller man casey out of uh crossfit ridge city in jonesboro arkansas how are you man
1: oh i'm great thanks for calling casey what can we do for you yeah
7: dude I mean, I'm a little behind on the live. Uh, I'm working out, running the streets. And so if it's, this has been talked about, just tell me to shut up and I'll go. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the question I have, and I've I've reached out to my affiliate uh, representative, um, which is something that I think is a big part. Like if, if us affiliates are, uh, are concerned about what's happening with the Coons, I yep. assume you're still on that topic. Um, I think we all need to reach out to our affiliate representatives. I think that's going to be number one. This needs to be like, you know, your representatives for government.
4: Mm.
7: Um, Mm. We need to reach out to our representatives and express some concern, number one, and ask questions. Uh, I've done that with Chase Ingram, who's mine, and I'm trying to get on a call with him soon. Awesome. Um, But also, like, why has, why was this person hired outside of that group of affiliate representatives?
1: Mm. That is the question, right? And that's like when I was kind of rolling through his uh, Jada Coons' LinkedIn and looking at what he had done in the past. um, I definitely was a little more concerned with it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Because he yeah. checks, he checks all it, the boxes on the on the resume as far as like bringing in these kind of like exec types that um, have either packaged up and sold stuff or have built and grown like in his words a brand, right? So then that way, it's there's more value right. from it, and then again, they could either sell it or they could change the way that it's that's that it's being organized. But all of it is to their fiduciary obligations of of growing right. the business, right? One
7: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just the red flag that, uh, that the main red flag that I've seen in this scenario. Um, I don't have much more than that. I just want to put it out there that, Hey, you know, if you guys are, if any other affiliates are, are, uh, concerned like I am, just reach out to your affiliate representative and let's like, take it up the chain a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's a great advice there, Casey. And I think that that's an important to do.
7: Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Keep it up. Hey. You're doing a great job.
1: Thanks brother. I appreciate the call. Have a great rest of your day, man all right Obviously. see you yeah i mean that is it's like those those things were put in place for that right like the affiliate reps so like maybe there is a conversation to be had there and uh at the very least maybe you'll get a few more um uh, some more answers or maybe a different perspective that uh you weren't didn't really really have or wasn't thinking about until you talked to your uh affiliate rep he has he has uh chase ingram as your affiliate rep i mean that's fucking great like give them a call. I, Chase would be more than happy. And the thing is too, is like in um, my affiliate rep is Katie Hogan and I've gotten the same vibe from her. And obviously like knowing Chase and everything, I get the same vibe. Like these people aren't just here to defend a message. Like, like if I give Chase a call, he's going to have an open and honest conversation about it. He's going to give you his, uh, honest perspective. And he's also in it with us, right? Like, like he's a part of this thing. And so he wants to see it be successful and he has the same concerns and the same aspirations that majority of the affiliate owners have. So at the very least, like just giving your affiliate rep a call to have that uh, conversation or shooting an email might just more or less just even give you just a little uh, peace of mind or to let you know, Hey, fuck, at least I got a buddy in this. know yeah right here give it the program chase i'm always here for it absolutely yeah heidi can we all just call chase whatever or (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just go ahead guys just start blowing up his phone i'm sure he would absolutely love that (laughs) oh frog grat is that euro or um uh Euros or pounds. Ten euros or p- either way. Thank you a ton for the money. I don't know why, but I I place this it's like weird uh like validation thing, like, oh yes, like somebody donated some money. Okay, it doesn't suck that bad. We're good. Um, Sue's I DM'd you about potentially having a call about future affiliate ownership. I'm a long way off, but we but want to get myself started on the right track. Taking my L1 at the end of November in the UK. Dude, that's awesome. And like the conversation we've been having that's the way to start go get your l1 um a couple other things i would say too if you're whatever affiliate that you belong to right now um have an open and honest conversation with that affiliate owner i've have had some a couple of calls where people are like hey i want to like open a gym you know whatever maybe there isn't a conflict there with the current owners that you're you know coaching under or uh, at the gym that you're working out in but who, you never know where those conversations are going to go. And um, I always used to use this saying for like anybody that coached at my gym. I was like, hey, we need coaches. I need employees. Uh, I mean, um, I need coaches. He goes, and I, and I said, and I'm looking for owners, but I'll settle for employees. Meaning you want somebody who is going to be like yourself that maybe aspires to open up a CrossFit gym. And hopefully the, new, the affiliate that you're currently going to, that um, owner doesn't see that necessarily as like a threat but as an opportunity to help you out or as a potential opportunity to have a partner in the business, you know, maybe they need a little extra help and that would be an easy way to um, get yourself into owning a, owning a gym, which is going to be relatively lower risk for you, depending on, of course, like, you know, how the whole thing's negotiated, but it also costs you a lot less if you don't have to buy everything and you could kind of get a little bit of a running start. Uh, but outside of that, I would say getting that one first and foremost, yes, Um, devouring everything that you could find in the uh, CrossFit journal. I know that we talked about like it's buried. It is buried, but it's not, it's not dead and gone. So you could still find a ton of great information in there. And then the second piece is, um, like I already said, let the affiliate owner know kind of your plans and then say, Hey, like, Maybe you could start to uh, take on some tasks for that affiliate owner or um, uh, do a few more jobs there. that would give you a little bit more of a perspective behind the curtain as to what you're going to be up against. Because in terms of affiliate ownership, and I've talked about this a little bit before, like, you don't want to... Get yourself into this uh, situation where you're like, I'm a great coach, so I'm going to get in there. I'm going to open my own affiliate. I got all these ideas and blah, blah blah. And you forget the whole entire side of that, it's like you're running a fucking business now, right? So there's a big transition from um, coaching and doing that job to now having to wear all the hats of the business owner, and that's going to be a bit of a that's going that's going to be a hard transition because you know you may be fantastic at community engagement, you may be great at coaching a class and all of that stuff. But um, then when you have to go to bookkeeping or when you have to start doing, you know, stuff like following up with calls with uh, members as far as like leads or just navigating lease negotiations or issues that come up with the building owner, um, just all that type of stuff, taxes, right? There's so many other things that come into it. So number one, just kind of make sure that you, that you really want to take on all those extra jobs um, because if you don't and you get yourself into a position where... Uh, you're a really valuable asset to any affiliate, then you could go and become a a number two somewhere. Um, And I just use that for sake of just kind of like, understanding it right like a, a coach um uh, like a gm or like a head coach at another gym and you won't have to take on all those other responsibilities but you might still be able to get the fulfillment in the career that you were looking for without having to also be the bookkeeper without having to also be the person that negotiates the lease and all those other headaches that come with uh, business ownership um i heard a joke one time that i was like hey if you want to really fuck up your fitness own a gym because <laughs> you'll be in the gym all the time but you won't be working out. You'll be doing all the other shit, cleaning the toilets. You know, and actually I just think about that. Now I got to order some more paper towels for the bathrooms, right? Like making sure the soaps have soap in them, you know, all that type of shit that comes along with it. So make sure that you're truly, that's what you, that's what you want to do and do it on somebody else's time. Just come in and offer your time and offer to help. And that would be the best way and easiest way for you to kind of, um, figure that out. Uh, find some more of these questions here. This was, um, thanks for hanging out and being so interactive, you guys, this, like you made this a lot of, like a lot of fun and really easy this, uh, this morning. Um, Samantha H. Hey, says I'm a new affiliate owner. Congratulations. Oh, which I hit the fucking wrong one. I didn't mean to give you crickets. I meant to give
4: you applause.
1: (laughs) I swear that was totally on accident. That wasn't on purpose. Just a, a slip of the button there. Um. Uh, Got any tips to help increase memberships? Okay, so when you are very, very first starting out, you just opened your affiliate. Let's say you have 20 members in there. Give them everything you can. Everything you can develop really good relationships to them. Every time you go back home, find something else that you can learn that you could bring to the table that you could give them in terms of coaching, in terms of um, lifestyle advice of how to stay on track with with their eating. Do you know their eating goals? Like really eating goals? Do you know their goals as far as like lifestyle changes that they're trying to make? The more and more and more you could invest into your first 20 members, that's going to turn into your first 50 members because they're going to go get everybody around them and they're going to say, Oh, you should come to this gym. It's so different. Oh my gosh. I love Samantha. Like, she is so, like, she knows the name of my fucking dog and stuff. Right. And like, she's really invested into me and she gives me these awesome tips and she goes out and she learns a bunch of stuff and she brings it back. Like, there's a lot of life and there's a lot of energy into that because referrals are your best lead source. I basically ran my gym off the last nine years or more just off referrals, just off referrals, not. I didn't, you know, I wasn't really into the whole like marketing thing. I didn't do a ton of it. Um, I didn't do any like ad stuff, like none of that. I just invested and gave myself a hundred percent into that core starting out group of members that I had. And they went and told everybody and they became my lead generation for me. And the best part is, is it's not like referrals are linear. They're exponential. And so what I mean by that is like, if you give, you know, uh, everything to one person and they go out and tell two or three people and the two or three people two more people come in and you do the same for them and then those two people go tell two two more people each now it's for so it, like the growth could really uh, happen quickly based off referrals as opposed to you know just um doing ad ad ads on facebook or ads on instagram or something like that that's more of like a linear approach and you're not going to necessarily get the same qualified lead because you're going to have a loudspeaker with each one of those members that you invest in everything into that are just going to be non fucking stop. They're going to be so annoying to all their friends. You got to come into Samantha's gym. You got to come into it. Oh my gosh. Blah, blah. What's the name of your gym too? Maybe put that in things. Um but that's my biggest tip as far as like getting your first uh getting your first core group going. And Like when I started 10 10 years ago, we're coming up on my 10-year affiliateship here. Um, I still have lots of that uh, original group still with me. Even after all that time. Um, Majority of the reason why they leave is they end up just moving out of state. Because I live in California. Okay. Um, Nope, not Jeffrey Cohen. Judy, you don't suck, Sousa. Five bucks. Thank you. Seriously, <laughs> I appreciate that attend. Judy, do you belong to Affiliate? I know I said some things about Orange Theory, ignorantly, because I've never actually done it before, and you got, like, pissed off. Not pissed off, but you were like, they, they acknowledge my birthday. You don't know what you're talking about. And you were right. I didn't know what I was talking about. But um, have you have you gone to an Affiliate yet? Are you currently belonging to an Affiliate? Oh, there it is. CrossFit Anki? An- an- key. An- key? sorry i suck at pronouncing things right so i just like randomly mumble it and hope that everybody who's listening as i speak into a microphone somehow does not done it um susie gave gave a free handy per referral membership skyrocketed (laughs) but it was weird it was only dudes that kept showing up i wasn't really sure uh why (laughs) do i have a degree negative negative uh jeffrey like i said before like i um I uh, graduated high school on a plea bargain. It wasn't until about um, six, uh, seven years ago as I made the transition of being like, I'm going to go to regionals and be a competitor in like my mid to late 20s that I was like, damn, I should probably uh, become just as focused on this and as aggressive as my competitive CrossFit uh, into, my, into the business side. And so I just started to devour books because that's kind of the way that I I learn. And I listen to a lot of them on Audible. I read a lot of them. And uh, the main thing is, is I immediately try to apply that knowledge. And so no, I've just kind of just been feeling my way through the dark. Uh, The internet's a huge advantage. Like people, I hate when people aren't resourceful. And they're like, well, no one told me. I'm like, motherfucker, you got the internet, you got Google, son. Even though it might skew the results and have a little bit of, a wee bit of a narrative defending on it, you could still find information. Like if you you know brick and mortar businesses have been around for a long long time and there's a lot of information on that so like don't ever use it's use like no one ever told me like no you just didn't take the time to, to drop it into the Google's to, to youtube um you know search out the information you were looking for so no jeffrey i don't i don't have a degree um i had a like two-year stint at academy of art university where i was a freelance illustration major um i was uh mostly focused on uh charcoal drawings and aerosol artis although that wasn't part of the school that was some extracurricular in moon lighting but uh yeah no no degree just lots of books Doo-doo-doo. susie trying to make this <laughs> yeah yeah i know they the buttons are almost the same like the crickets versus the applaud button is like this like darker yellow and like lighter orange so yeah but i fucked that up you're right bailey um I did uh one time um get a so it was funny, everybody in my family that graduated from college, which is majority of them, except for me, the black sheep, um, uh got like this check from my grandpa on my mom's side. And it was like it was uh it was funny because it wasn't until years later. So you go to the graduation parties and like you kind of sit there and I feel like a fucking loser because it's like, oh, there's another one of your cousins that graduated college. Oh, there's your brother that graduated college, you know, all this shit. And it, at that time I had owned the gym, but I wasn't really liking like I was still like going after to be the regional competitor. I wasn't really like diving into like how to how to operate a business and how the world around me worked. And um, and so <laughs> It was, uh, it was funny because multiple years later, as that as the gym started to get successful, when I owned it on my own, I didn't have the partners anymore. My parents knew that it was a failing gym at the time, and I was able to get it from failing to becoming profitable, to growing, to becoming sustainable for other people now to have their livelihoods off of it and creates a living for me um, and got a great membership and a bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't until years after that that my grandpa kind of came over on one of the visits. It was actually really meaningful to me because he... Uh, was like, here, and handed me a card. And it, when I opened it up, it had the same kind of like congratulations that all the cousins and everybody got from graduating college. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I opened it up and it said like, congratulations on graduating the school of hard knocks. And he ended up giving me the same uh, cash that everybody graduated, which was uh, pretty cool and like meaningful. And now all those motherfucking college students go to me for advice. <laughs> Just kidding. But seriously. Uh Love a good who is Sue's episode. We kind of did that with with uh, Coffee Wads and Pods with Pedro. If you guys check that out, I got into a little bit of it that there. I'm always like um skeptical of that too, which was kind of funny. I was talking to Sevon about it afterwards, and he's like, No, it was good that people knew that. Like thought you were a fucking nerd. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of interesting when people hear um some of the stuff. Uh when, Yes, I did. Um, Orange Theory Fitness for almost 10 years, but now I'm fully French. Crossfitter. Okay, CrossFit 118 outside of Columbus, Ohio. Seventies is converted to me a few months ago. Awesome, Judy. That's cool. You should call in and like tell us about that experience one time. Like what was it like when you got there and like how that whole thing went for you? I think that that would be um, awesome. Jeez Louise. Good to see you, Jesus. Up, Susan? I look forward to owning an affiliate someday. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it's really great fulfilling work. Like, you know, the days are long. So I'll give you Friday, for example, this last Friday, I got to, uh, I got to the gym 5 15 in the morning, opened it up. I coached the 5 30 AM class. I coached the 6 30 AM class. I came here. I hopped on, um, uh, with Sevon for a while on the podcast. I jumped off of it. I drove out to Hayward. I uh, met with my firefighters at the fire station that I was supposed to go to that I was scheduled out for that day, came back. Um, had a couple meetings, uh, two meetings. Went back to the gym uh, just before lunchtime. Um, had a one-on-one, an intro course, no sweat intro course there. Did that, worked out. Then did some you know, housekeeping stuff that I had to do at the gym. Hopped in my car, drove back here, found out I was going to host that evening show. Hosted that evening show, ate a little food, then went back to the gym and coached the last day of our um, ACES uh, Youth Strength and Conditioning and uh, got back home about 9.30 that night. And so the days are super long, but like fulfilling because you're building relationships with a bunch of people, you're providing a bunch of value for them that they're taking and like improving their lives with. And um, that contribution that I'm able to make that small piece of it to like empower them hopefully to make some better decisions, especially the kids. And by the way, side note here, uh, Mike Poboy, the kids, they love him. He's such a good coach. Like, He basically came in and swept everybody off their feet. They had their own little like Ric Flair thing. And I was like, what the fuck? I've been doing this for a year. and They don't even like me that much. One of the kids gave him a card. Um, (laughs) Anyhow, it's really fulfilling because you're, you're making an impact. You're contributing to them in hopefully a really big way. And the information and the feelings and the things that they're getting from you at the CrossFit gym, hopefully that that is slowly spreading to the people closest within their circle. And I mean, what a better thing to be able to do in life to know that you're contributing to people that are going to go out and contribute as well. It's got that nice uh, chain effect in there. Aaron, and thank you so much. I think you donated to like majority of the shows that I've done. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you a a lot. Um, Do you typically lean towards educational books or do you just read for pleasure and other genres in stuff as I see you have a lot uh, on the box buddy? I, only really read and listen to um books on uh finance books on business management books on leadership books on communication um i read a lot of like um biographies on people or like the starts of companies and things like that because i love to hear that story like that rise to the top kind of story and all the trials and turbulence that uh came during that but no i don't i don't read um No, I don't read just for pleasure. Like I'm not like a Harry Potter Potter fan or I don't read any of those type of novels or like some of the stuff that you see Dave Casher read, like these classic novels and things like that. I strictly like to have the information um, that I could read or listen to and then apply. And I'm a really, really like hands-on guy in terms of like how I need to learn. So if I have information from a from a book or or something like a course or something like that that i took then i i have to immediately go back within the same day um or very shortly thereafter and apply that information because otherwise i don't really retain it and one of the things that I've done this year is actually reduce the amount of books that I read or listen to and try to apply them more or re-listen to a few um, that I had in the past that gave me like a lot of like value that were good books that made a big impact on what I was doing and try to re-get uh, that information. Because I truly believe that as human beings, we don't really need to learn a lot more all the time as much as we just need to be reminded. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I really was on a kick for like a a you know book or two a month for a long time, uh, and I thought that that quality like you know gave me some validity or something like that. And I think the reason why too, and this is something that I've kind of done uh, a lot like throughout my life is um I feel like I'm this ping pong ball right like t- <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> oh young clark truth who's, i know people that read a book a week but what it, yeah i mean and i would be i'd be lying to say that i didn't do that a little bit myself right like i'd be like oh i found this thing that on average ceos of major companies read like three books a month so i'm reading three books a month now and i realize like fuck no it's like um it's way more about the m- applied material like you'd be better off reading like three books a year but extracting as much value and information as you can out of those books and then like, like applying it, like you'd be far, far more beneficial than that than just the number of shit that you're bringing in. I will, I will tell you that. Um, hold on. There is some other, uh, Louise again. Um, it, it it is very filling. I love our members and I love to see them succeed in a way that they think I've been coaching since uh, 2019. Yeah, it's great. I mean, for me, especially with like the firefighters like I really love that job like a lot like that's it was great like there was a period of time especially in the pandemic like where I was like fuck do I do I really want to keep the brick and mortar um do I really want to keep the brick and mortar like open because that's a lot of expenses as opposed to like with the firefighter contracts I there's other than my time and like my gas and you could maybe include the maintenance on the car if you want to be a real stickler about it. But besides that, the fucking, uh, the return on investment on that is huge because there's no overhead, the overhead's super low. Like, like I said, it's like gas in the car. Um, and, um, and, uh, when I work with those individuals like the firefighters and stuff like that, that feels really, really rewarding because when you go in there and I'm dealing with a firefighter that, um, maybe he's been dealing with like a shoulder thing for months and here's the thing with that group of people those people with the firefighters especially they don't really say shit. like they're not like majority of them aren't going to complain <laughs> so you go in there and i'm like hey how's, how's your shoulder been it seems like it's moving a little bit weird and they're like oh yeah uh it's been bothering me a little bit and i'm like oh how long they're like six months i'm like what That's a long time dude what's going on with it like oh my whole arm is numb <laughs> and you're like what the fuck like why did not you say something so like but being able to then give them the tools and the resources to fix their shoulder or to alleviate it a pain or give them back their range of motion. And then they come back to me the next time I stop at the firehouse and they're like, dude, I was on call for this one thing and I was reaching up and grabbed it and I had no pain in my shoulder. And I was like, fuck yeah, I could like move all around and like do my job better. I was like, holy shit. Like that, that's hugely rewarding because I know that the impact that I make on those individuals are the ones that are, going around town, keeping us safe, helping us during these emergencies, and to be able to, to have a small contribution to them and, and what they're able to do so they could do it better, um, is really fulfilling for me because I'm helping the people that help the community. So that's huge, and so much more rewarding. But um, I was talking a little bit, and I, I want to make this statement, this one might be give you guys a little bit uh, insight more on me. I feel like I'm this ping pong ball. Remember the old game? That's like the paddles moved pong and the ball would just kind of like bounce back and forth and you just kind of kept the ball in there. So especially like with this books so or when I um, started and I own the affiliate on my own or like people would be talking to me about, uh, about, you know, business or something like that because I'm a business owner now. Um, I, I feel like I'm the ball and the two pongs or paddles, the two paddles, excuse me, are uh, a, a superiority complex I could do this better than anybody. No one's as good as me in like crippling insecurity. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I suck. And, you know, this is never going to work. Who who do I think I am to do this, right? So those two paddles move and I'm that ball that just kind of bounces back and forth, back and forth. But when I hit that side, that makes me feel like, okay, I'm insecure. I'm in over my head. Um, this isn't something that, you know, I should be doing or maybe I'm not capable of. I try to leverage that. So rather than like leaning into it or succumbing to it, I'm like, okay, so what could I do now that would I could build my confidence? Not fictitiously, not like fake it till you make it type shit um but like literally like what skill set can i start to uh improve or start to work on um that would help raise my confidence and lower that insecurity not like i said because i'm faking to make it but it's it's an earned confidence it's because no i developed these skills you know i tried new things i made the mistakes i learned from them and and now i'm i'm growing from it and that kind of um the books and like the learning and all that really helped with that side of it especially as i uh owned on the business all on my own because you feel like you're so connected to your affiliate like fuck it's such a personal job like when somebody leaves your gym you're like oh
0: oh fuck i suck
1: you know and at the same time it's like no you don't well maybe you suck but no necessarily it really has nothing to do with you a lot of times and if it does and you get feedback on you know hey i left because of this then great now rather than Defending your ego and being like, "Well, that person doesn't fucking know anything." Again, lean into that, leverage it, and say, "Okay, does what this person said have validity? And can I work on this um, to change it to make it a little bit better?" Uh, you know, and that's kind of kind of rolling it back. Everybody comments on that that Phil Knight book, The Shoe Dog. Sometimes some of these best books um, are ones that pe- most people that like aren't like super popular, like the one on. Ought to be a great communicator there's another one that's behind me oh you can't really see that one but that one was great and i'd never like heard of that book um, before samantha you had a question i'm gonna end on this i think can you dive in a bit more about this firefighter program i know i only know bits and pieces of it yes i can I'm trying to think how to position this like if you wanted to get your own contract or like specifically, what do I do with the file? Okay, I won't get into like how to get the contract and like the business side of it and like what you need to do to prove that it's actually worth uh, worth it to the to the city or to the department. Um, we'll save that for another time because that might bore most people on that side of it. But here's what I do with them. I'm scheduled at one particular station each month, uh, usually three to four days a week, depending on what's going on. I go to that station, and when I get there, I do a wide variety of things. I usually have an in-body scanner with me. I bought it a couple years ago for our uh, nutrition reset that we do out here, and um, uh, at the gym. And it, but it but you could close it down and like I bring it with me to the station. So I usually show up and I'll go there and and uh, ask everybody how they're feeling. And that's a very broad question, but I use it just as kind of like a icebreaker a little bit. Like, hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody feeling today? And then I'll start going down the line. Like, hey, and I'm making these names up. Jim, last time we talked, dude, you had a little bit with your shoulder thing. Has that thing gotten better? Right? And you start to get real specific. You know, how's your hips been? Last time I said, hey, you're moving kind of a little funny. Hey, you're moving a little slow today. What's going on with that low back? Uh, those type of things. And once I start to... um once I start to get into the conversation with them, things start to come out. Hey, I have been dealing with this thing with my back or, Hey, I have been dealing something with my shoulder. And then I'll go and do some mobility stuff with them. Like, okay, let's just take 10 minutes real quick. Let's do a quick assessment of your shoulder. Let's look at it. What type of restrictions are happening? Because normally when it comes to mobility things, you could do two things with it. You could either strengthen or you lengthen, right? Pretty simple. So in terms of like you know, if you got hit by a bus and there's an issue, then that's kind of outside of the that realm, right? That's different. But if you have one of those injuries that just kind of, not even an injury, like a muscle tightness or an ache, that's just kind of there, but you don't know why, chances are you need to strengthen it or you need to lengthen it. And it rhymes so you can remember it. Um, and so I'll work with them on that a little bit. If everybody's all good at that station, I'll try to pressure them into an in-body scanner. Uh, I usually get them scanned once a year for sure. Like everybody in the department once a year, at least I try to capture everybody in the department. Um, if not doing it on kind of this, um, uh, quarterly basis or so with them. Um, and then we'll do that. Usually once they get scanned, the conversation about diet starts to open up. Um, which is cool because since I live at the firehouse, I I joke around with some of the guys I'm closer with, and I'll start like opening the cabinets. I mean, like, hey, well, this shit could go. Well, this shit could go. Well, this is going to help you, and um, we'll start to have those conversations or work with them on that. Uh, that could be really um, like in depth sometimes, where I could work with these guys like closely for a, a long period of t- a time with their diet, or it could just be some simple questions to like get them off on the right track. And majority of the firefighters, as you guys know too, are like they're independent capable people so a lot of times once you kind of set them on the right track or even just give them the accountability of like hey these numbers ain't right and you know they ain't right that helps them a ton to kind of like keep them to be like okay i'm back on track now you kind of showed me the numbers of what what i thought was happening and now this is confirmed and i can move on to um to 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 correct those things uh and then sometimes i roll up and i just basically like if the crew does crossfit in particular and i show up they're gonna be like oh fuck hey susan's here and the rest of the guys of the crew come out and i literally just uh run it like a crossfit class at my affiliate so we'll just get in i'll write up a workout on the board based off how they're feeling and what they've done for that day there's no particular program because a lot of these guys do their own thing and I only see them you know very like if you're at my metro station I'll probably see you two or three times a month and then I may not see you again for multiple multiple months just with how the schedule works out you figure I'm managing nine stations um three battalions um uh, so a b a shift B shift and c shift across nine stations so to keep up with all of it is uh is pretty tough but um if you get the crew that's that that's into it that's into CrossFit, like one one station All the guys did CrossFit and they were all signed up for the open. So during the open time, when I went to that station, we literally did the open workouts and like I judged them and helped set up all the stuff. So that was like a lot of fun. Um, But so that's basically what I, what I do with them. And uh, I work with the recruits for the Academy as well. Um, So we start all of them off with a, with a movement assessment. I teach them what I call the big three, which is going to be the squat, the deadlift and the press. Um, And then, And I, and I use those two to see how well in tune they are with like moving with their bodies. And, um, I also use that to see any mobility restrictions, like right off the bat for those major lifts, because those major lifts are also, they're going to see outside while they're doing their training and everything else. Um, and then I'll do an in-body scan with them at the beginning of the academy. So we could kind of monitor what that was like at the beginning versus what that was like at the end. Um, I also do a short mobility assessment with them because I say that's kind of the crystal ball into like, is something going to come up in the academy? So I'll test their uh, hip flexion. We'll test their ankle flexion. I'll test a little bit of their shoulder mobility, super basic stuff. It's not, it's not like crazy in detail, but again, it just kind of gives me the like scope of like, okay, is there anything that's jumping out at me right away that we need to be aware of? Um, And then, uh, and then we'll actually go through the movements and I'll teach the squat. I'll teach the back squat. I'll teach the deadlift and I'll teach the strict press. And it's extremely simple. Uh, it's extremely fundamental, and that's all I focus on. Like I'm not we don't get fancy with it. I keep it to the basics. I keep it to the fundamentals, and we try to do them really, really well. Like that's kind of the goal. Um and so that's that's what I do with them in terms of like the actual job that I show up and I, I perform. And uh, and then with the Livermore More Pleasanton Fire Department, um, I just work with them through their academy. So day one, I go out on the tower, I do a little talk, I do a little uh, introduction um, of who I am and what to expect uh, during their physical training during the academy time. And then they show up to the gym uh, two days a week. Usually I have done four days. We've done three days, but the cadence, the last like year or two has been two days a week. And they show up at the gym for an hour before they go over to the tower. And what I do with them is that's basically like the academy is normally like 20 to 22 weeks, I think. And I get them for like 18 out of those weeks. Um, there's other stuff that goes on where they don't make it into the gym for those times. But, uh, um, I teach them. It's a really, it's an elongated, like, uh, on-ramp class. So if you were to come and show up in the first couple of weeks, you'd be like, I thought they did CrossFit. This seems a little like slower. This seems like you're breaking these modalities into individual parts. And I do that on purpose because when I got a, a group of 20 or 22 guys and I only have one hour and I assume all of them know nothing, that's not always the case. Some of them are basically starting at ground zero, but a lot of them have pretty good like uh, experience. Some of them may even belong to CrossFit gyms and stuff like that. Um, and I build it up uh, as I would the – Uh, on-ramp class but i extend that over multiple weeks so if you were to show up like i said the first week you kind of be like "Hmm, this doesn't really seem like crossfit necessarily like they're learning some of the movements but they're not necessarily doing the metcon and that would be because we're trying to get what down their mechanics that's right that's all we're focusing on for those first couple of weeks the mechanics um and then after their first like 10 sessions or so and we've gone through the mechanics we're just looking for consistency so then we elongate some of the stuff. So instead of teaching back squat and being long winded or being really like you know critical on teaching it the same way I would at uh, the same way you would see it on an L one, now they get some weight on the bar. And now we have a heavy day, um, and then uh, uh, then it slowly ramps up. So then if you were to show back up. Um, like, you know, six, eight weeks into it after we develop the mechanics, I'm feeling comfortable with it. They all know what they're doing. We've seen that consistency. We've seen the consistency, maybe, uh, them moving a little faster. I've seen consistency as they move under load meeting with some weight on them and stuff. Then you'll start to see the, um, the more, uh, met cons come in during that time. Um, and I also run it a little bit more indicative of main site programming when I'm doing the Academy at my gym. So when they come in and they have a heavy day, we're just doing back squat. Um, you know. Five sets of five all the way across, and that would be their whole workout for the day. I put in a bunch of accessory work and stuff like that. Uh, I, I front load that as kind of like the warm up and everything else, um, so they don't just come in and back squat right. Like there's a whole thing to it, but that's pretty much how I that's pretty much how I run it. And uh, and like I said, by by like six or eight weeks in, then I'm kind of running a normal CrossFit class, and then those last couple of weeks, it basically converts into where they they do the same workout as my, um, as my class. So then I just come, I just come in and basically run the CrossFit gym. Now I will say I package it differently. So, um, you know, I'm not having them climb rope. I'm not having them necessarily get upside down, uh, get a little inverted, but I'm not having handstand pushups or anything like that. Um, we're not doing a ton of, uh, Olympic weightlifting, um, and things like that just because, it's going to, well, the Olympic weightlifting we do, but some of the higher school gymnastics and stuff I, I stay away from just because uh, I want them to get the biggest bang out of their buck while they're in here. And I have to justify everything I do to um, the city and stuff. So what I mean by that is if I have rope climbs in the workout and now all of a sudden they lost one of the recruits, lost, (laughs) I don't mean it that way, but like, you know, they slid down or something happened and they burnt all the skin off their hands or something like that, then the department's going to come to me um, and be like, hey, we had so-and-so and and like, why were you having them climb rope today? And if you're like, oh you know and you can't justify it as opposed to just having them do some strict pull-ups or something like that um so you do have to navigate that a little bit uh but a lot of them will convert over and become members of the gym afterwards in which case they are doing all the same skills as the class so there it is a little bit void of um some of the higher skill gymnastics you would see just because i again have to justify everything kind of through the department through the city so Samantha H., so this is a county con, wide contract for all the departments in your county? No, so it, uh, we don't do county, it's all like city. So, yeah, it's citywide. So, what I do with like Livermore and Pleasanton, it's for the cities of Livermore and Pleasanton. What I do for Hayward Fire Department is for Hayward and Fire Department. Um, uh, Livermore, Pleasanton, and Hayward are all Alameda County. So it's broken by city, not necessarily by county. Um, we do have the Alameda County Fire Department. Uh, I don't have a contract with them, but um, it's all it's all uh, um, city based. Um, and again, I think next time we could get into if you guys want to know like the how I got the contract, how do I justify it to the city? Um, because that's more the like the business side of it, right? Because the city. Just like everybody else, they want to see a return on their investment. You have to justify your cost. How much do you charge for it? All these kind of like logistical questions. Like, I'll save it for next time. Um, I'm doing a a solo show and uh, holding down the fort here, so that way I got some more meat on the bone to talk about it. <laughs> uh, what is an embody scan? Okay, I'll show you this real quick. I should reach out to them. They should fucking sponsor the show. They really should. Show you what I use. We'll end on this here. Um. Sorry, one sec. Why bring it up? Boom. Okay, so this is um, this is a uh, an embody scan here. Um, this is the one that I have, the 270, and basically it just gives you a little bit more of an in depth on what's going on. So it'll tell you obviously your body weight, um, but it'll give you your skeletal muscle mass, like how much muscle you have on your body, and it'll give you your body fat percentage. Um, and so oh shit i didn't click it i gotta change the screen sorry guys this is the one yeah the embody 270 and they have fancier ones that that do a lot of stuff like will tell you kind of like your whatever like hydration and things um but this one folds up and just is super portable and so that's why we decided to go with this one because grace also does um uh, the nutrition reset that we do, we call it the challenge, but it's not like a weight loss challenge. So the the, the fitting the, the word doesn't necessarily fit it that well. But when she does her uh, nutrition reset stuff, we also got this one to travel. She did it with a uh, Stanford Hospital out here in Palo Alto where well, she took the program that she developed uh, to that hospital. And so it's nice to have one that folds up because it sits in the affiliate the majority of the time, like in the office there, which is used for the members and everything else. But uh it, when we do need to bring it somewhere, we close it up and we could take it. Um, and so, yeah, it, uh, it, it gives us some cool insights, but it also saves all the information. And then I could plug into the back of this or extract all the information that's on there and then um, upload it uh, onto my computer and save all of it. And again, all the metrics and data are super important to keep when you're dealing with the fire department because they all want to see shit on paper. And by they all, I mean like the city and stuff like that. So when the department goes to justify like, hey, we've been paying this person X amount of dollars, they've been coming in, they go, okay, great, what have they been doing? And now you could bring this in and we could show the mobility assessment and hopefully the improvements over time with you know, the department's mobility, you could show the body fat percentage and skill to muscle match, the average weight of the department or individuals, and hopefully that improves over time, which all those matter in terms of their healthcare costs. So when you talk about the mobility improvement, if you're not going out with these small little aches and pains, that could just be solved by, um, Uh, you know, just somebody with a little bit of knowledge helping you do the exercises to get yourself out of pain-free, you have less people that go out on workers' comp stuff, Um, less visits to the doctor's office, less costs in in, in healthcare things. If you have one of these in-body scans and we're, um, you know making sure that everybody has the correct skeletal muscle mass, the body fat percentage, they're getting these numbers, which keeps them, help, helps keep them accountable. Um, then again, we could go back to the city and I can show that, hey, look, everybody dropped a bunch of body fat percentage, which therefore is going to help with long-term healthcare costs for the department and for these guys when they retire and everything else later on. Um, so that's kind of why if you have some sound metrics uh, the city and stuff like that well it'll be much easier to justify your spending. It'll be much easier to justify everything you do. If you just kind of show up and, and do it and you're not really documenting anything, especially things that are important for them to see um, or you can make them important for them to see by saying, hey, these things do this and then it's going to save you money here on the back end. Um, then it's going to get a little tougher to get your contract. So that's why I particularly like the inbody uh, scan 270 And for that, that's the only free one you fucking get in someone's gonna kill me for plugging them out that well without them sponsoring us you need to fucking sponsor us embody um and so yeah so that's why that's what i use that's what i embody scan is and uh that's the reason why i use it uh question top eyes do you charge a membership for the body not a membership when you first come in we do your first one for free i think they're like 20 bucks a scan after that if you want to get it um and then we also great, like Grace does stuff where she'll uh, include a um, in body scan and then kind of like this consultation on, like, you know, where, where you need to go in terms of your lifestyle choices and eating that will be optimal for your health. Uh, Zachary, Sousa, do you find that body fat percentage are pretty accurate? Um, do you cross reference it with uh, cow pills? No, um, like the pinch test or whatever. The closest thing we've done it with is like a, a dunk scan, like in the DEXA. Um, the DEXA scans where like you go in there or it does a scan and they're pretty accurate. Like you might have a few, you know, percentage points that are off here and there, but from from our uses in terms of just justifying that there was some sort of change and then just having some sort of baseline metric, this works well. And since we're reusing the same thing to um, since we're reusing the same thing to scan them, that same baseline it basically, it runs, it's kind of like the the same principle of like, Hey, the 400 meter track you run is, you know, whatever, 380. So it's not necessarily 400, 400 meter, but if you're measuring your 380 each time, you're still going to see that improvement. You just, you know, oh wow, fuck. That was probably a terrible analogy. Sorry. <laughs> and I made you all stupider because of that analogy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. It gets, it, it gets a little personal, right? Especially if you're working with uh, the female clientele, you're like, you know, yeah. So it just makes it a little bit, a little bit easier. And here's the other thing too, Zachary. Um, it doesn't matter who does it, right? Because when you do body fat percentage and stuff like that with like a pinch test or something, it's like, can Zachary now be replaced? So if you have a um, and this is getting a little bit into the system side of it, but if you have uh a, a metric that you're using and one person does it all, and for some reason you're either need to be at the gym or you're going on to get another firefighter contract and then you uh, send somebody else to go to that same test. It's like, will that give you, yeah. Will that give you the repeatability? Like, will it give you the, the baseline there to be consistent? Because some of these things in terms of the way that I think is like, can I be replaced by another individual that could keep giving me the same result, can produce the same result without me being here? And that's a really good line of thinking to have in terms of like business because you want to be able to always develop some sort of system um, that's going to produce the same result that you want uh, without you having to be there. And if you do that right from the get-go, it makes life so much easier. But if you do it in your business, at your affiliate or anything else you do, and then you have to backtrack into it years later, it becomes a lot tougher. So it just gives me a, a consistency whether it's me doing it or whether it's not. Todd Myers, Myers, are along the thinking, are along the thinking as long as you measure the same system that should be accurate. Yeah, that's right. And it's not like I'm not going for like crazy accuracy for these guys. I'm and gals, I'm basically just going for like some sort of baseline where we could start from. So, you know, take it for what it is. Like if I, if I measure somebody and it shows that they're 12, you know, 0.3% body fat, but if we did it, you know, through a DEXA scan or dunk or something like that. And they were like, Oh no, it's actually 11.6. Like, does that matter that much for my use? Um, and the answer to that is no, uh, we just want to make sure that they're healthy. And the biggest thing we focus on too for the long-term health is, um, is, uh, skeletal muscle mass. That's the hugest thing. I'm like, dude, the more muscle you got on the body, the healthier you're going to be. Get that muscle mass up. So that way when you're, when you're 80 and shit, if it's still high, you're gonna live a lot longer. Um, Aaron, will AI replace any of these tools that uh, including what the one on one offers to help the individual? Not in our lifetime. I think that the human touch is always gonna be trump everything, at least in the you know in the next fifty years. Um, once it gets realistic enough to where you can't tell the difference, like we're already kind of seeing a little bit of that happen, like online with a video and photo format, like then shit might get weird, but for right now you definitely need a human. And I think like, we're going to see the major shifts in the industry. I think we're going to see, um, come in terms of like, uh, lawyers. I think AI will replace lawyers quickly. I think AI will, um, replace surgeons um things like that things where you need to like where the information is all already there you just need to compile it in a certain way and or you need something with really precision that is going to give you the same exact result regardless of you know sleep or mood that day or something like that so you could see that like if a robot was built uh and you were all hooked up to this machine, it could probably perform a surgery a surgery on somebody with a higher accuracy than the best surgeon. And eventually it will get there. So that's what I think the first type of things we'll start to see um, AI take over with. Samantha H., end with a favorite book for an affiliate owner. That's a perfect uh, ending. There is a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But I will say this. this there's a lot of different categories of when we're talking about like hey recommend a book well it's like okay are you am i recommending um a book in terms of you know finance is it in terms of systems is it in terms of communication is it in terms of leadership and dealing with your staff like there's lots of different ways um you could go with it right but let me see give me one second guys sorry i'll bring it up but this is where um, I think you should start. Hold on. I wanted to give you a visual for it. Sorry. I see you guys want to fucking, you're just clicking around on here. This is where I would start. If you want to um add some uh, value to your personal affiliate or um you're going to start an affiliate or anything like that, Chris Cooper's books. These really helped me a ton. Two Brain Business, Chris Cooper, Jim Owners Handbook, uh, Two Brain Business, Biz- uh, Two Brain Business 2.0, um, Help First. Like you really can't miss with um, Chris Cooper in his books because all these books behind me, I'm sure Chris Cooper is really familiar with, but he's positioned these books in a way that take a lot of this information, a lot of the basic foundational information, but then apply it to um, an affiliate owner context. So you don't have to read something abstractly and figure out like, hey, how does this apply into my affiliate? You could read uh, one of Chris Cooper's books and then um, be able to uh, not only apply it right away, but kind of take some of this information from some of these other books and distill it down as exactly how it fits into the affiliate. So, okay. Oh, recommend a book for pure entertainment. My version of entertainment might be different, but two brain business books is for sure where you want to go. If You guys want, if you guys want something for entertainment, go top shelf for this bad boy. 48 Laws of Power. I read from this the last two times, but this, I mean, it's dense as fuck. So, and I mean, it's not for the lighthearted. Right. It's got that false, that small font, no pictures and shit. Um, But this like this is like the dark side of self-help. I'm pretty sure this book is like uh, illegal in prison, too. Um, But yeah, this is great. Robert Green is a fantastic author. And I would uh, say that book has never been opened. Not one time. Okay, All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us two hours, 15 minutes. I appreciate everybody. I appreciate you guys interacting. Um, I also appreciate you bearing with me through the weekend. You guys could tell the difference between if I talk about things that I'm interested in, I know versus like trying to uh, host a um, a competition thing. Uh, Not exactly my strongest suit, but we made it happen. So thank you guys. Thank you for staying with us. Sevon will be back tomorrow um, with the uh, Tyson Baygent show. I do believe. So thank you guys. Thank you to all the sponsors once again for holding it down. CA peptides, paper sheet, coffee, birth fit, toast basis. And, um, I don't think grill your ass off. And of course, paper sheet coffee. All right, guys.
4: Bye-bye. Have a great day.